Hey everyone, it's Nathan, this month's host of The Commentarians, and I'm here with... Travis Sloat. And we are here to talk over your movie. Uh, hi everyone, welcome to The Commentarians. Is this Prairie Home Companion? Husband Bulge is now a part of my permanent vocabulary. <laughs> I saw a squirrel. I am going to point out real quick, this to me is like the most disturbing scene in the entire movie. Stop listening right now and go watch Firefly. Hey, this is my podcast. I'm sorry, sorry, Joe. <laughs> we are saying that not only have we been wounded, we survive, and there's a God who heals of these wounds. Jesus isn't about the isms. Uh, he's about his kingdom. Because it is kind of like this idea that Jesus died for all of our sins, except when you had sex. And Jesus doesn't cover that. Hey, that's right, everyone. Uh, I've got Travis Sloat uh, of YouTube fame, because um, currently, because <laughs> currently, actually, your YouTube highest views on a YouTube video are out uh, number mine. So, um, <laughs> I don't know how that's possible, but okay, I'm I'm ahead of someone. I you're, guess <laughs> you're ahead of us. But no, that's great, uh, and that's actually over at uh, the other show. But uh, this one doesn't have a YouTube channel. Uh, but Travis is the uh, the host of Waiting for Ulcers. Uh, and Travis, why don't you uh, go ahead? Well, before we do that, I want to go full disclosure and let you know. So Travis and I are here to talk over your movie, and we're talking over The, the Dark Knight, uh, with the Batman movie, Christopher Nolan. Great film. And I just recently learned that he's directed a whole bunch of films that I had watched but didn't realize he was the director of. But that's not important. What's important is uh, that I let you know, Travis and I have actually been watching movies uh, together for a long time, and there's actually video footage probably of me and him somewhere, I don't know if it still exists, at his second birthday party. Oh, wow. Wow. I'm sure. Yeah. That's nuts. Yeah. Um, so Travis and I have been longtime friends. Um, yes. We've known each other for at least 34 years because there's video evidence of that probably longer than that. Uh, He's a little bit older than me. He was born the November before I was born. Uh, we grew up in the same town. So we've known each other for a while and somehow both decided to become a host of internet shows. <laughs> so, yes. So, uh, bef yeah, before we, you know, before waiting for ulcers, I want to get that out of the way. Just, just in the interest of full disclosure that, that you know, we're longtime friends. And, uh, you know, so we kind of got a leg up on maybe some of the other guests. Uh, we just have known each other for, for a lot longer. But anyway, so Travis, why don't you give everyone the basic rundown of what Waiting for Ulcers is and what they can expect if they decide to tune in? So Waiting for Ulcers is a uh, channel on YouTube where we review hot sauces, uh, hot peppers, uh, hot and spicy products of any kind. Um, we do challenges from time to time. Um, one of the more notable ones has been the, the toe of Satan challenge, which is a, a spicy sucker. Um, it's like 9 million Scoville units, uh, Scoville tops out at 16 million. Uh, so this was a, a, a pretty hot thing, but, uh, we just, it's my brother and I, Brad, uh, and we just, we have a blast, man. We, we get on there and we, we talk, we tell stories, uh, and we try to burn our mouths. That's, that's really it. <laughs> you try to try to burn your mouth. <laughs> we try to inflict as much pain. Uh, Brad, actually, in our last video, 
had mentioned somebody something about trying a nice smoky salsa, uh, which I don't really believe in. So I got him a jar of Pace Extra Mild Picani Sauce uh, and wound up actually having to drink that Pace Picani Sauce myself uh, after eating a chocolate bar that was like two million Scoville units and uh, almost... Almost killed me, I think. Like, I mean, it's it's surprising sometimes how hot stuff can get and how quickly it can get it. So I just opened that can of pace and I chugged it. So that's that's amazing. Now, I do like a, a good smoky uh, salsa every now and mm-hmm. again. And now yes. I, I like I, I think uh, now I watched a couple of videos. Now I will say I did not watch many until today because here's the problem is um, I have two kids who are, you know, three and five. And so if they hear any noise come from my phone they want to go look at it yes um so i mean i'm, I'm sure your show is family friendly um it is the epi- absolutely the yeah. episodes i've seen have been family friendly but it's yep. also i just don't want my three and five year old spending all their time staring at the phone like i tend to do yep. <laughs> but yep. uh but that being said uh I, I watched a couple episodes and i didn't know if brad was uh was constantly recurring or uh, if he would just happen to be on those episodes, but you know, he he says he's there to give you the layman's perspective on hot layman's and spicy. Layman's perspective. That's right. Yeah. But you are that's the, his key phrase. Yeah. Yeah, and you're you're the you're the enthusiast. Uh, yes. When it comes to the spicy stuff, and Absolutely. I would say based on what I've seen, um, I'm just guessing here. I'm guessing I'm somewhere between you and Brad on that. Uh, the yep. super spicy stuff. Um. I can I can do a little bit of it, but man, uh, I watched that Toe of Satan challenge, and I would I would probably say I'd pr- if I'm if that thing was as hot as I'm guessing I probably would have been out 15 seconds after breakfast, <laughs> and and it took a couple of minutes to really get going on that thing, but man, it once it did <laughs> it you know the because when you think about eating a sucker you it trickles down the back of your throat. Mm-hmm. Um, which is just, you know, that's a, that's a nightmare with something spicy. Like, well, I mean, you kind of want to be in control of that. Yeah. And it gets everywhere in your mouth. Yes, it, absolutely. It, when you, when you, and so, and then it, it forms that resin on your tongue mm-hmm. and, and, but now I watched that video and I was cracking up partly because I know you guys, <laughs> but it was so funny cause it, and I don't know if you've watched it recently, but at about 30 seconds, uh, for anyone who wants to go watch this, I will put it in the show notes. Uh, go check this out. At about 30 seconds after they put these uh, Toe of Satan suckers in their mouths, Travis, your eyes got red rings around them like somebody turned the headlights on <laughs> on their cars. Yeah. And yeah. then, and, and, a, <laughs> and about five seconds after that, Brad lit up like a stoplight and yeah i, I could have sworn we would have found him in the dark oh um, man brad turns color so quick <laughs> with spicy stuff he he turns colors quick and so yeah the so the show i mean and what's funny is i don't really care to watch a lot of the challenge stuff like that but i was cracking up partly because you were talking about it and partly because you know brad he's supposed to be your co-host 
After he took that sucker out of his mouth, he sat there for maybe like 15 seconds. Then he just got up and <laughs> got up and went to the fridge. Yeah, you can hear the ice maker clanking in the background whenever he gets up. Yeah, no, he he doesn't play. He does not like he's not a challenge guy. He doesn't like that. We have the death nut challenge setting in my house right now. And it's it's 13 million on the Scoville scale and he won't do it. I don't blame him. I'm currently searching for someone to to do that. (laughs) I'm not a challenge guy. I'm not your guy. I'm not a challenge guy. So, Um, but yes, the show, um, even, even on the non-challenge episodes, I was, I was enjoying those. Uh, it it was funny, but yeah, check that out. If you're interested in uh, hot sauce reviews, cause that's, that's the the core of the show is reviewing hot sauces. Yes. It's not just the challenges because we don't really want to be a challenge channel. We want to, we want to give you applications. And I, you know, my younger brother, Josh is always texting us with, you know, Hey, why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? Why don't, you know, give some recipes, give some, you know, what would this be good on? So we're, we're trying to improve it as yeah. we, as we go. Absolutely. And, and I don't, I don't want to get you in trouble with the FDA or anything. Uh, so I, cause I don't know how legal what you're doing is, um, but I saw that you have, <laughs> it is very illegal. <laughs> I saw that you have, <laughs> I saw that you have a, a hot sauce for sale, which I, I, I have a couple bottles on reserve. Um, I'm going to get Emily to get in contact with you. Um, okay. to... So they're not for sale. I'm oh. taking $5 donations. Okay. So I have, uh, I have bottles. Emily will be taking you some donations. Yes. Um, is now, is there a plan to possibly try to like test market that and, and move that into an actual production? Or is this just something you're kind of doing for friends and family? I, yeah, it's something I kind of do for friends and family. I love the sauce that I make. Not everyone likes it. Not everyone's going to like it. And that's fine. I'm not changing my recipe because, you know, somebody doesn't like it. I, it's, it's, it's just the stuff that I enjoy. And so if you want to try it, I, I, I'm letting people try it. Uh, and really, I'm like kind of trying to recoup costs for the bottles and the ingredients. That's really it. Sure. Uh, but it's... Do you know how much work? I'm sure you do. I mean, I don't know if you've ever researched it, but like the the pain in the rear to get something official and the, like the hoops you have to jump through. And I mean, I have a really, I, it's a character flaw and I'm willing to admit that whenever something gets difficult, I don't want to do it anymore. Okay, I just, it's just like, I, you know, I just want to quit. And my entire life, I feel like I've struggled with that. And I just, some things I push through. Uh, some things like I, if I tried to make the sauce line legit, I feel like I would, I would just not want to do it anymore. It would be, it'd be bad. That's, that's, so, that's fair. I think you and I have kind of a similar flaw in that, in that, re- yeah. in that department. But, um, so I, I, I was sad that I didn't get to try the sauce before this, um, because I, I want to, I want to, I, I would have loved to have had a comment on it. Um, so, but which, which came first, the, uh, the sauce or the show? Uh, the sauce, I've been making that sauce for, uh, man, at least four or five years. I went down to Florida and I had the best hot sauce of my life at a Mexican restaurant down there. And I actually asked the waitress, I said, can you go get the chef please and bring him out so he can tell me how to do this? Well, there was a language barrier. Uh, and so the, the waitress did her best to translate. And basically it boiled down to uh, deep frying the peppers before you put them in the sauce. And so I said, 
Well, that's interesting. And one of the things that I love is roasted garlic. I could uh-huh. eat roasted garlic. Just you could smear it on toast and feed it to me and I would eat it every day of my life. Uh, and so I said, well, let's combine some habaneros or whatever hot peppers I really had at the time. Let's fry them. Then let's uh, mix it with the roasted garlic and just see what see what we come up with. And I, I came up with a really good sauce uh, that I've just been making now for four or five years. And really just for myself, you know, uh, if other people want to try it, they're more than welcome to. But I just recently moved it into like the smaller bottles and kind of got the labels going and, and all of that. And it's, you know, it's kind of fun. I need to actually, I've got several orders that, not orders, several people wanting to donate uh, to the cause uh, that want a bottle of this stuff. So I need to make a new batch and I will definitely add your two bottles to the list. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it, I, I love, I love a good hot sauce and it, yeah. and you, like you were talking about, you love habaneros uh, and, uh, and now I, I like habaneros more than most people like, like, uh, you know, jalapenos or whatever. I think was everyone Absolutely. thinks of when they got hot peppers. Jalapenos are okay. Um, I feel like you always have to dress up jalapenos a little bit mm-hmm. uh, with some other flavors, but green chili to me, green chilies and habaneros. That's yep. where, if you want the flavor to come in, that's to me, that's, that's really where it's at. But well, and I ate, uh, I was in a jalapeno eating contest in, in Wagner uh, a few, well, a couple months ago, I guess. And everyone said, oh, Travis, you're going to do fantastic. You will win this by a landslide. And I told everyone, I said, I don't, it's not going to be heat. Like the, the heat is not going to be the, the issue I feel like I have to contend with. It's eating 10 jalapeno peppers in 10 minutes. Jalapeno peppers taste like grass. Like yeah. you're absolutely right. You have to do something to dress them up. Well, I don't know if you've ever tried to eat like 10 smallish sticks of grass, <laughs> of grass, but it's terrible. It was like, <laughs> and matter of fact, I put that video online and like, you can see me almost throw up and it had nothing to do with the heat. It was everything about just eating spicy grass. <laughs> That's all it was. Yeah, I so can, I can yeah, definitely believe I, that. I got third place, a third place in that, in that contest. And I am been, I've been ridiculed by my brother on the, on the channel actually, because I got third place. So, uh, but yeah, no, I'm with you. Habaneros, uh, poblanos, uh, hatch chilies. Absolutely. Those are my, those are my go-to peppers for salsa or or for anything. Oh yeah. I forgot about poblanos. So, um, well, Hey, I, I can talk food all day as anyone, as anyone who listens to, uh, faith (laughs) and other oddities knows you get me started on food and that can happen for a while. So, um, but that's not why everyone's here. Everyone's here because for some reason, people like to hear us talk over their movies and we are going to help them out. Um, so again, uh, we've got the dark night and as we go through, um, of course we're going to talk about what's going on themes, possibly a little bit about why you picked this movie. Um, and, uh, whatnot. I, I feel like whatnot covers a good amount of things that I can't think of right now. So it's an acceptable term. Yes. <laughs> so, um, for those of you who are familiar with the show, um, you know what we do, but for those of you who aren't, uh, we have our timer set at zero. We're paused right at zero, getting ready to go. And, um, we're going to do a countdown. We're going to do a three, two, one and play. We'll press play on play. Um, so if you want to take a minute, pause the show, get your DVD ready. Um, DVD. I don't know. Is that, that's, that's, that's kind of like antiquated, like your, your tape 
now. Now it's like Blu-ray, get your video ready, whatever it is you're watching on. And um, I'm going to be honest, I don't even really have many Blu-rays. Everything I do is streaming. I'm, I'm streaming this on a, on a service right now, matter of fact. I mean, I don't even know if I'm allowed to say what it is, but I mean, I, I found it on a streaming service and that's what I'm doing. Nothing illegal. Yeah, uh, just no. I, it's like I don't do it's DVDs. A service you, I don't do. It's a yeah, service you yeah. pay for. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. You just make me feel like a dinosaur because I've got a Blu-ray. <laughs> um, so I don't it, think we. I have my Xbox. That's it. I don't think we have another Blu-ray. But yeah, yeah. Sorry, I did not mean to make you feel that way. No worries. But uh, you know, get yeah. Everyone else, uh, listen. Get your show queued up to zero, and we'll give you a countdown, and we'll do a three, two, one, play, and then we'll see what all we have to pick out of this movie that might be of interest. Okay, three, two, one, play. So, um, just make sure we're all synced up. Got the Warner Brothers logo going on. A rustling whoosh. Like I, I saw that because I'm I've got captions turned on. Oh, okay. I've just got subtitles. I don't have caption. Oh wait, no, no, no subtitles. Yeah, that's what. But it said rustling whoosh maybe uh it's probably different on your streaming service on the streaming yep you know i actually i have um i have a strong desire to uh record music all the time and i always think that if i ever get around to recording some stuff i might name a band after like a subtitle like for sound effects like (laughs) like you know like the what was yours whoosh rustling whoosh rustling whoosh whoosh or uh yes very difficult to say or or indistinct chatter i see that one a lot indistinct chatter i like it it'd be a great Uh, band name um so um but anyway so we got batman going on now batman has been around for a long time yes and i will say of all the movie franchises of all the superhero franchises his has been done the most and now if you have anything about the movie specifically, go ahead. I'm just kind of getting some Batman background because I'm a nerd. Yeah. Um, well, you and I share a love for superheroes. I, that, that is, I think that's something we both really enjoyed as we were, we were growing up trying to invent new superheroes, that sort of thing. Uh, yeah. But it's really, it's difficult because I feel like all of the tropes have really been covered. Like, I mean, I, if you can think of, a superhero power that you think is unique. Someone out there has already, you know, cornered the market on it. Yeah. Yeah. And so, but uh, yeah, so 1939 Batman came around and that's been, that's a long time. It just blows my mind to think about the fact that people have been writing Batman fiction for that long. Uh, But as far as movies go, he's, he's been the one there's been the most iterations of Batman. And I personally think it's probably largely to the, due to the fact that, his he doesn't have superpowers so his yep. stuff is the easiest to to reproduce in a visual medium that, that you know what that's something i've never considered that's brilliant actually i i agree with that i you don't have to worry about too many special effects because he's all you know uh you know the super suit and the and the money yeah yeah and you know money's easy to uh to portray on screen it is and uh <laughs> But the, uh, it's like, it's like, how do you portray telepathy, energy bolts, um, Mm -hmm. things like that in a realistic way? Like, I remember, you know, you and I used to watch a lot of Star Trek reruns. Yes. Um, And, and we all know how hokey that got at times. 
So yes, um, you know, you just kind of you gotta you gotta work with what you got. And I feel like technology is just now catching up to do things like you know, Marvel the Cinematic Universe is doing some amazing things. Oh, incredible! Absolutely. And um, and now I am more of a Marvel fan, but as far as visually as far as what you can translate to to doing with with real people or even with CGI or any kind of practical effects even we're really just now getting to the point where we can do something convincing on screen yes yep i agree i that's one of the reasons like this latest batman and superman combo you know the mashup that they did i you know i have been a superman fan i i'm way more of a, a superman fan than than i am a batman fan but I just enjoy the DC universe more, I think. And the realistic portrayals of Superman now, it just, man, I, I love it. You know, I have not actually seen any of the, anything after these. Well, no, I, I take that back. I saw Wonder Woman. Um, largely because there was so much hype about it. And I was really curious about it. Um, but I have, I did not see Batman v Superman. Um, or any of the other Justice League stuff, but I I want yeah. to. I just, um, you know as well as I do what it's like trying to watch shows with kids. <laughs> oh, you can't do it. Yeah, I mean that's why we're doing this at nine thirty at night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. otherwise, you'd have a two year old on my end just you know screaming dad air, trying to get involved somehow. Yeah. So this uh so so this movie it drops you like right in the middle of something, um. It's definitely obviously like a, an organized mob heist. Um, but you're just kind of thrown right into the action without any context. And so that's kind of the uh the theme for this movie is you're just kind of thrown into stuff and you are yep. never given like a segue hardly ever into anything else, but it fits together so well. Well, and it matches the uh, you know, obviously the the way that the Joker operates uh, in terms of no plan. And I mean, I, you know, not to spoil anything if you've never seen the movie, but he talks about that later on, obviously to not having a plan. Uh, I, the first thing that came to my mind was just the phrase, no honor among thieves. Like, uh -huh. I mean, I, everyone dies here. Like, I mean, I you just like, okay, the bad guys are dying. You know, now we've got a grenade in this poor cat's mouth, which why he took a role, I'm not sure what his name is, but why he took a role this small, I will never understand. I, I thought he was a pretty big like oh, character the, actor. The bank manager? Yeah, the bank manager. And I mean, he comes out, guns blazing, and then, you know, real tense moment here. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, I, I, yeah I, I should have written down some more character names. Um, but so I, I want to talk a little bit, too, about Nolan's, uh, Christopher Nolan's Batman universe. It's a lot different than every other form of Batman we've seen. I want to talk specifically about the Joker. Because I remember, okay, so I remember the first time I watched the Batman with the Joker with Michael Keaton was with you at my house, actually. Yes, yeah. That, uh, I yep. just realized that it was with you that we were watching that. Yeah. Um, and Why? Can you, can you tell everyone why? Why, why we were doing it at your house? Because you couldn't watch it at your house? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, that PG-13 was way too high of a rating for, for Travis. Yeah, and even some Gs. Um, yes, Disney <laughs> particularly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was that whole Bill Gothard thing. Um, yeah. 
uh, yeah, my, my mom started to get into that and then dad was like, no, this isn't happening. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I really appreciate a lot of things my dad did, um, particularly putting the kibosh on a lot of the Bill Gothard stuff, but mm-hmm. that, we'll talk about that another day. But no, the Michael Keaton stuff, and, and I remember this, I will, I, I, I remember as clear as anything else, the scene where the bat plane is flying in and the Joker reaches into his belt and pulls out the, the pistol, but it turns out that it's got like a, like a, what was like a six foot barrel on this pistol. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. And it's the, the flag, right? The flag pops out that says bang. Is that what, no, that what you're talking it's about? It's not that one. It's it's towards that. That's earlier in the movie when he's messing with okay. someone else. OK. Um, but this is when he shoots down the bat plane with it. And you and I remember he pulls out this pistol and you're like, well, that's going to leave a mark. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. So I've always, I guess, tried to talk over movies. It's uh, sort of a sort of a natural thing. Yeah. So this this is just what we do. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, um, real quick, uh, I do want to point out Killian Murphy, um, who plays the Scarecrow. I, first off, I didn't realize he's in all three of these movies until just a couple days ago. Um, but he's a, he's a totally underrated actor. And I don't know, are you a fan of Peaky Blinders? Have you watched that? I haven't. No, I I fall into these grooves of just watching the exact same thing over and over again. You know, Netflix, Hulu, you know, what Prime, whatever. I like I just I rewatch things. I have a really bad habit of that. So I don't often try new shows. And that's one of the ones I haven't really gotten into. But I've I've heard good things. Brad loves it. You know, oh, Brad man. talks about it all the time. The show's amazing. And I tell you, Killian Murphy, like I said, this this movie, every movie I've seen Killian Murphy in. I never would have put him in the role on Peaky Blinders. And, and the reason for that is that, okay. Uh, the reason for that is, is that there's so much going on with, uh, with, uh, with Tommy in, in, in Peaky Blinders, like Killian Murphy. It's amazing. He's got like the sides of his head shaved, but hair long on top, uh, kind of like Brad in your earlier videos. I don't know about the later ones. He's got the real short on the sides, but, but yep. he does, he, he does these transformations where if things are going well, he doesn't have his hat on and you can see that he's got his hair and he's, you know, his eyes are wide and things like that. But man, when it's time for, for business to go down and he's got to do some shady criminal stuff, he, uh, he puts on the hat and you can't see his hair and he just looks ancient. Um, he looks way older than he is. and. Uh, just amazing just transformation. Everything about that show is amazing. So, I'll have to give that a try. I'll, I'll have to start. Yeah. Start, uh, start checking it out. Yeah. The, uh, casting, uh, casting, directing, uh, camera angles, costuming. I mean, you name it, everything is on point and they take these turns and twists that you just, you don't expect. And, the the seasons always leave you on a cliffhanger that's just incredible. So, um, but yeah, they're I think they're about to film. I don't know if it's their last season or second to last season is supposed to be out this year. But I, I recommend it. See, that's when I love picking shows up. Though I picked up Breaking Bad like with the with just like one season or a season and a half left, and I was able to stream the majority of the show. Uh, and then 
you know, catch up towards the end. And I, I love doing that. That way I'm not, you know, waiting for five seasons, you know, for the next episode because oh, sure. I'm a binger. <laughs> That's actually, uh, me and Mickey, we're like that a lot. And then we like, we run out of shows and then we're like, well, now what do we do? Mm-hmm. Um, fortunately we still like each other. So, you know, we'll have conversation. Yes. So yeah, that's, that's important. Good. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's a good decision. I think getting married specifically to her. That's uh, yeah. I did. It, it, it'll usually work out as long as you pick the right one. Yeah. So, so anyway, I love these disappearances by the way, like just throughout the show, like throughout this movie where he just, the character will, you know, be addressing him and he's just gone. I I would like to be able to do that more. I think in my life, I carry feel, on conversations <laughs> with someone and then just leave while they're in the middle of talking. I feel like there's times in my life when I should have done that more. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, and they actually kind of uh, lampshade that in the next movie um, with uh, with Catwoman. Uh, she skips out on him in the middle of a conversation. He's like, "Oh, well, that's what that feels like." And then the light bill here, that was, I, like, I, I watched this and I thought, what, what is going on with these lights? Who needs this amount of lighting in their underground laboratory? I, it just, the, it, everything's a light. The whole ceiling's a light. It seems incredibly impractical. I, I get that, but it's underground, so there's probably not any sun. And, and knowing Bruce Wayne, it's probably, like, super energy-efficient LEDs. Yeah, yeah. You know? Ahead of the ahead of the curve. Yeah, I've got them. I've got them in my house. <laughs> I've got some of them, I think. Well, I, I you know, I, as soon as I figured out that those little squiggly things have mercury vapor in them, I was like, we're getting these out of my house. Yeah. If if you break one, you pretty much have to, you know, have a hazmat team clean them up. Mm-hmm. Not not literally, but it's not good. Don't don't break a, one of those squiggly bulbs. Just get the yeah. Just get the LEDs. Yeah. Save everybody some time. Yeah, Work they, out the extra $2. Uh, so here comes uh, the love interest here. Um, so Rachel, is that her name? Rachel, yeah. And of course... Uh, Harvey. The butler is, <clears throat> you know, spot on with his, uh, you know, why he's actually interested in Harvey. Yeah. Well, and uh, Michael Caine, though, Oh, ha- have you seen brilliant? Have you seen Michael Caine do anything bad? I've not. No, I, I really haven't. The dude could. Uh, yeah, he, he's up there in terms of narrators or, you know, just orators. I, you know, Morgan Freeman. And they're both in this movie. I, this was a gift. Yeah, it was a gift. Yeah, it's it's amazing that uh, we have technology that can even play both voices in the same movie. <laughs> yeah, it, and not break something. Absolutely. <laughs> Um, so no, uh, no, Michael Caine and, and I, and I will say, you know, cause here's the thing, you know, the third movie, I, I loved this trilogy. I thought it was pretty well done. Yes. The third one kind of echoed of those eighties, nineties Batman movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, Michael Caine given some, uh, I don't know. I, I think there was some, uh, some forced dialogue on, on his role, but he delivered it really well. Yes, I and the emotion that he conveys that he manages to put into the role because to me I feel like, you know, Alfred is a difficult role but just because I cannot understand maintaining butler loyalty 
to a family for so long. Yes. In such dedication. I, I mean, at some point, I feel like I would just get tired of, of the people. Well, it, and also you have the kind of attention in his character that he is so uh, involved emotionally and he's devoted so, so much of his life. But he always is required, based on his role, to remain reserved. And, yes. And so yep. he's he's lives kind of in that weird tension of, I'm almost your friend. And especially like in the third movie where he talks about, uh, you know, when he leaves, when he tells Bruce that he's like, I'm not going to bury someone who I've loved since I heard the first cries yes. echoing through the hall. I mean... So for years he's managed to to deal with that tension and 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 I can't imagine being in that situation where you're you're kind of in that tension where you're kind of a parent but you're not a parent but you're also kind of a friend but you're not a friend it's it's yep. a it's got to be a hard place to exist and ultimately you're you're an employee at the end of the day also like I mean I, that's like that's kind of your your function really yeah yeah exactly so that's yeah. It's hard to be friends and an employee and, you know, family and employee, too. Uh, absolutely. Uh, um, I mean, I know that I've uh, I've had that that time where, where, you know, I've had employees where it's like, you know, we can hang out and be friends except when you're in trouble, you know, uh, and that's that's a hard thing to do. Um, you know, I, I've had that like, you know, it's like, great, we can hang out and be friends on the sales floor. We can work with customers. We can joke with one another. But um, but don't think that I'm your friend who's going to go and we're going to hang out and yeah. uh, we're going to go have a drink or whatever, uh, you know, because we do have to maintain some professionalism. That's right. Yep. I remember. uh one thing, so this is the best film in the whole series, right? I agree. Yeah, I, I fully agree. Um, now, now, I will say, I went, so I went and watched this one because I hadn't seen it in years. And I watched it one time before because I watched early on in mine and my wife's marriage. And she was not a big fan of, uh, she's not a big fan of like suspense stuff. Okay. And so, uh, and you know how it goes, you know, you, you will, in your marriage, in my marriage anyway, we've watched a lot more like stuff that she likes. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's not always a problem, but, um, but we watched this one time and we kind of went on this, this, this spree where I kind of got to pick some movies and I picked a few movies and then, uh, it was this one and then Hancock, uh, <laughs> And that nice. gets pretty, I remember that one. Gets pretty yep. dark at the end. And I it thought it does. was a comedy. Yep. And, and I think I picked one. There was one other one. I can't remember what it was. But it was like basically three movies in a row. And then I got my movie picking privileges uh, revoked for a little while. You got to run a Hallmark special through there at some point. Like, I mean, just kind of weave it through your movie picks and just really sell that. Hey, I would like to see Candace Cameron in another Hallmark movie. Like, <laughs> I, that's what I want. Yeah. But I don't. Yeah. <laughs> now, okay, so how long have you been married? I, I forget how long you've been uh, married. Ten years. Ten years. Okay, so, like, my wife and I have given up on the movie thing 
And that's why we have multiple screens in the house. And so she can sit down and watch the Hallmark Channel if she wants to. And I can watch Food Network, which is something I do almost exclusively. Like I just, I come in, I sit down, I put it on, you know, I could watch guys grocery games for years on repeat and I and never be bored. <laughs> well, well, we, we, st- we do a pretty good compromise these days. And uh, her, her taste in movies has has changed a little bit i think this would be i think she would actually enjoy this movie now because she watched all of uh, all of peaky blinders with me and i will say peaky blinders is probably darker than this movie now when you say dark i of course i have a problem with with uh really not vi- and i won't say violence but like gore i you know or I, my big thing is like headshots people getting shot in the head heads get being cut off like i can't watch game of thrones i, I just can't do it i've read all of the books that exist uh twice actually uh because i keep hoping he'll write the next one you know as soon as i get done with the last one in the series but he he, he doesn't yeah. um so i just can't do that so I, when you say dark are we talking like no, it's do, do People lose their heads, or am I good? No, no one. No, I, there's there's one or two. Nope. She, there's one or two scenes in the entire series where maybe someone gets shot in the head. Yeah. Um, but it's not like people getting their heads chopped off. There, there's not much gore, but there's a lot of there's a lot of rough violence. Um, where people are like like fist fights and stuff. Oh yeah, see that's that's tolerable. I I just the the head thing. I, it's weird. It just seems like every movie these days has to have somebody just getting shot in the head. How did and you? I, how did you do with Logan? I don't think I no. I've not seen Logan. Oh, I've you not haven't. Seen Logan. Okay, I haven't. But I handled uh, Deadpool, both Deadpools, <laughs> just fine. Um, and I you know I was interested in the Deadpool films for one main reason and that was that he dual wields desert eagle pistols and i owned a desert eagle pistol yeah and i just really wanted to poke fun at him the entire time like oh he he, there's no way he could do that blah 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 blah. and i wound up actually really liking the movies so Uh, okay well i say in in logan uh there's a couple scenes where where wolverine stabs some people through the head oh that's disgusting in the back of the head and his blades come out their face so um and multiple people in a row that that happens to. So anyway, um, bless their hearts. So right here. So, okay. So the first time I watched the movie, this was the first time, I guess me and Mickey were talking the first time I watched this movie during the first scene, this scene right here is the, where I first remember the Joker, like seeing him. Oh, okay. Is, Is where he's, uh, you know, again, you know, spoilers in 30 seconds or whatever. Yeah. But you know, when he comes in and um the uh you the know, magic he does the, the magic trick, yeah. Yes, yeah, the magic trick. And that's where I was that's like disturbing. Yeah, and um just having that sprung on me. Man. Like cuz there's there's no lead up to that. None at all. And all of a sudden you're like Oh my goodness! What did I just put in my DVD player? Yep. And this again, dude means business. And yeah. again, I'm a dinosaur. Yeah. Yep. DVD player. There it is. Yeah. 
I'm going to buy you a Hulu subscription. I think that's the next then for Christmas or, you know, just something, you know, or maybe don't donate for this, the hot sauce and just put it towards a Hulu subscription. We'll just do that. Uh, th- hey, that works for me. Um, <laughs> what what I want actually, actually, uh, I'm kind of interested in the hot sauce of the month club you got going on that. That was great. I, hands down, one of the best gifts I have ever been given by my wife. That Between that and the sausage grinder that she got me this last time, I just, my wife has seriously, like for the last few years, has just knocked it out of the park with gifts. Yeah. Well, that's cool. So, that's cool. point that I'd like to make here, no pun intended, is that the dude is... That was eraser side first. <laughs> it was eraser side first. I mean, not even giving him the courtesy of the, the sharpened point. Oh, I know. That, uh, yeah. So uh, one of the things that, uh, so a few months ago, uh, Emily did an episode where they watched Silence of the Lamps. And shortly after that, we did on one of the Patreon specials, we kind of talked more about Hannibal Lecter. And we talked about kind of the comparison, like, with the Joker here. Okay, so, like, in the older movies, um, you kind of had this idea that the Joker was out to get the Batman, right? Like, that was his goal. And in this movie, you don't have that. No, not at all. There's nothing. I mean, he, you don't know what his motivation is, and that makes him so scary. Yeah. And that's the deal with Hannibal Lecter in Silence of the Lambs. You're never, given a, you're never given a motivation. There's no reason for anything he does. And so I kind of like think of these two guys in a similar scenario where he's a little, you know, you know he's, he's not as English as, you know, Hannibal. Um, but just this idea that there's somebody who's out doing evil things, but we, don't ha- we have no idea why. So we don't have any way to fix it. Yes. So to piggyback on that, and I forget the the name of the movie, uh, but there was a movie that came out a few years ago, and I'm pretty sure Liv Tyler was in it, um, where they basically broke into these people's homes and they are, you know, tormenting them. And I, I haven't actually seen the movie, but the line that got me from the preview is that somebody said, why are you doing this? And the lady looked at him and said, because you were home. And it just, that's like that to know that that exists in the world is yeah. I, especially for a guy like me that tries to prepare, I, you know, I, I, man, I sit around and I just think about, Hey, what would I do if somebody broke in right now? Where would I go? What would I do? And I feel like a lot of, a lot of guys do that. Uh, but just to know that that sort of unplanned evil exists where, you know, just saying hi to them in the grocery store could lead them to want to follow you home and, you know, kill your family. That's, that's nuts to me. Yeah. Well, and and that's what actually one of the things, you know, there's, uh, we talk about, we kind of bring this into back kind of like a religious aspect. There are, um, there's various Christian worldviews that, that, feel like we have to justify evil and that they kind of take the idea of the verses that, um, you know, for, for you know this, that God works all things together for the good of those who love him, you know, yep. things like that, where they want to say that there's a purpose in evil in displaying God's glory. 
And, um, and I think that God can redeem situations like that. But I think if you're actually dealing with a, with an evil, like malevolent evil that you really, there's not, there's not a purpose necessarily in what, from the side of the evil, uh, the, the arbitrator necessarily, there's not like a goal in, in mind, but God's able to redeem that, that kind of thing. And so, so I I think when we get to, you know, where we stop trying to go, oh, well, I need to understand the evil that's going on. We're able to kind of, to kind of go, oh, well, evil doesn't have to have a purpose, but God's better than that. Even something that's senseless. Um, so yeah, I, that's something that, that I really think is, is kind of a, an interesting way to look at these things. Now, as far as what happens and how we're able to redeem things necessarily uh, from the res- from from where the Joker uh, comes in here, we'll have to talk about that later on. Um, so here we are back in uh, with Morgan with Freeman. another glorious voice. Yes, yes. Um, this was a uh, this was a foolish move. I feel like <laughs> right here. I mean, I you just. You know he's gonna push a button. I you just know. Like I mean, it's Batman. He's he's gonna push the button, and then you know we have what is this dude's name? I don't even know what his name is. Is Lucius? Lucius, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got Lucius here, just you know, kind of playing the you know, hey, don't do that, son. Don't touch that, man. You should have should have opened up with that. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> maybe <we laughs> if you touch this that, button, yeah. the spikes are gonna go on the wall. Yeah. Um. Now I will say, um, as far as technology, Lucius, I love the fact that in this, because we didn't have, um, we didn't have in the other Batman movies, we didn't really have, um, we didn't have Lucius. We didn't have people who were helping him out. It was all Batman. It was all Bruce Wayne. And here you actually have like you see where he goes and he gets his technology and you see how he uses his corporation. It's a lot more um it's a lot more layered than what you'd see in the other ones where the other ones are very very uh one dimensional Batman. Yeah, and I really I here I this this whole scene bothered me the whole thing. Like I it just you know, get up on the boat, dive off, swim to the plane. I you know, it's it's classic sort of the Bruce Wayne uh, persona. Like, I mean, it, it's always overkill. Like, uh, you know, never wants to do anything under the radar. <laughs> yeah. Until he puts on the suit. Yeah. Now, I have a question. Now, was where were they that the water was that green or was that an, or was that a post filter? The whole, the whole movie is green. That was actually something that I was going to say there at the very beginning. You know, it zooms in and it has almost that matrix tint yeah. to it, you know, yeah. where it's just, it's just kind of, they've definitely added a post filter to make the whole, uh, like a teal, you know, they've almost added like a teal field filter to everything. It, it, and it just, I, I don't know. It's like the noise, the buzzing noise that every time there's like a tense situation with the, the Joker that recurs, uh, you get like the buzzing fly noise yeah. that happens. Yeah. Well, I I just I couldn't figure out if that was actually like the water was that green where they were, or or if it was if it was a post filter because it just seems weird to me that 
on a boat that big and you're landing a pontoon plane by it, why is the water that green? Mm-hmm. Then you, yeah, course, you'd need more space. <laughs> yeah. Then, of course, you have the Joker uh, getting ready to... He's got his knife in the guy's mouth. And, ugh. And of course, telling, this, telling the different story every time. And... Yeah. I don't know. There's kind of a an interesting, like, sociopathic, kind of narcissistic feel to the Joker where you just like you don't know again it's the motivation it's what motivates him and that's what makes him just terrifying yeah this right here knowing that you've got a you know and he obviously does this on a much grander scale later but the you know pitting three people against each other I you know I'm trying to you know ostensibly three people that were somewhat friends and that mm-hmm. they, you know, shared the same job, making them choose, you know, to kill somebody or be killed. That's man, I cannot imagine being forced into that situation. Yeah, well, it kind of echoes of the, uh, and again, you talk about, you know, they're later on when the, with the boat scene, but it kind of echoes of that whole situation of, you know, you you get those morality, uh, those or the ethics questions of. You know, if you have the the train switch and you have uh, one person on one track and you have six people on another. Yeah. And, you know, do you throw the switch? And and it's like, okay, well, let's make it harder. Uh, One, you know, these six people over here are criminals. This one's a good person. Or these six people over here are strangers and this one's your mother or... Let's yeah. let's remove that altogether, and it's no longer a switch. You have to push them off of a of a platform, and it's kind of interesting because that's actually that kind of question and that that kind of reasoning is uh is being brought in a lot to uh, trying to figure out how to program uh, you know self driving cars, and uh, that's uh that's one of the issues that's really been been uh the people I'm struggling with, with the, with self-driving cars is who's going to program the ethics. Yeah. And so, you know, it's like, are we going to, are are we going to get in a situation where it's the driver, the pedestrian, the people in the other car who's going, um, so far the leading answer is the, uh, you know, the one who bought the self-driving car, they should be the one yes. to go. Um, <laughs> yeah. They're the one trusting the technology. Absolutely. Well, then you get into what is it? It was an iRobot that the, was that the movie where Will Smith is alive because the robot made the choice that he could, you know, he mm-hmm. would survive or mm-hmm. something like, yeah. So you get into that sort of situation. These are the kind of debates that I love to have with my students. Uh, you know, why I can distinctly remember us doing i do something called uh would you rather thursdays it started right. out as would you would you rather fridays but since we're a four-day week now um you know we do would you rather thursdays a lot of the times where i give them a prompt and they have five minutes to pick a side and then i let them defend their side uh and so one of them uh man a couple of years ago was about that choosing you know who would die who would live and they got fired up. I had one student stand up in the middle of class after another one had said something and just screamed, you're an idiot. 
and just it was it was great i mean I, the debate was fantastic and i think as long as you kind of moderate that sort of thing it's good to you know you get young people thinking about that and you realize they are capable of of a of a thought process that would enable them to make a decision you know or or come to a decision they feel like would be best for everybody and not just themselves which is surprising for teenagers no, and that, and that's great, and that's the kind of exposure that people are not getting. Yeah, and and that's that's actually you know it's it's really easy, uh, you know, especially with social media, to just put yourself in an echo chamber. Yep, and to be able to um, to just tune out everyone else and just go, no, this is what I think is best, and nothing's changing my mind. And people are not used to um they're not used to, to being confronted with a counter argument. And as much as, uh, you know, as much as you and I used to point and counterpoint growing up, uh, but we're still friends at the end of the day. I think that's really served, uh, served me well as new, as an adult that I can talk with people who disagree with me and I'm like, okay, yeah, well, that's, that's one side of it. And there's, there's two sides to a coin and, many sides to a diamond, uh, which, you know, <laughs> if you want to get into the complexities <laughs> of life, there's, there's just so many different facets. And so, yeah, I, th- I think that's great. And, and that you have a school where you can do that because I know that there's lots of school districts where that kind of activity, there's just not time for it. And there's also yeah. teachers who don't care to do it. Um, yeah. and, 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 and again, not to down on teachers, cause I know there's teachers who I know there are more teachers out there who would do it if they had time for it. Yeah. And that's one of the things, man, that you just, I, I try to keep it, you, you got to try to control it, but there are, there are so many things that you have to cover. And as I'm getting more involved in my teaching career, I'm realizing that, you know, the time that I have to do something just seems to be disappearing quicker and quicker. I, you know, just, can you imagine this dude right now in this situation, (laughs) like with this balloon going out the way? I, that's one of the things that I thought, I thought, imagine not speaking English, really not having any context for what's about to happen. And then the next thing you know, you're just soaring through the air. That's a be kind of a scary feeling. Yeah. I, I probably would have, uh, I I probably would have passed out there. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I, I would I would wake up on the plane disoriented, maybe yep. on the plane or maybe right yep. there. Who knows? Uh, disoriented and confused. I would say that he's definitely disoriented right now. Yeah. <laughs> Batman has taken care of that. Hey, this is part of the reason I'm not a criminal, because I'm not good at like surprises. <laughs> I, I, there's no way like I, I just couldn't. I don't think I could handle it. I the pressure of knowing that someone is around every corner. Like, I mean, I'm not a paranoid person, but I definitely feel like as a criminal, you, you have to be. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I don't have that much brain space. So, um, so I forgot to mention here uh, before one of the things that I do like about this movie, I started to mention this and I got distracted. Uh, this is one of the better Batman movies because, uh, they replaced, uh, Katie Holmes with Maggie Gyllenhaal, who I, I personally think is a more relatable person. Okay. See, I, and I don't, honest to goodness, like I had not even really considered that. I, that's one of the things I think I've maybe overlooked. I, I feel like they look alike. I, I'm, you know what? They I'm going to pull my look, phone out real quick. And nothing I'm gonna, like. 
Do they not? I hold on. All right. No. So Maggie Jill Gillenhall, is this the, how you wanted to spend your time with uh, me googling things? Uh, it, it's fine, but that's what she looks like. If uh, so, you can skip googling her. That's what she looks like. Yes, that's it. Honestly, that again, it goes back to wondering how I got a college degree. This is one of those times. Uh, who was the other lady? Yeah. Uh, Katie Holmes. Katie Holmes. Do you have facial blindness? Do you? Think? I, I think that I do. I'm probably. kidding. Yes, I'm kidding. I, I don't even what. Okay, there she is. Maybe it's just the fact that they're both brunettes. Like I don't. I I, I don't know. I am attracted to brunettes. Like that's my jam. Like I just, I'm a brunette guy over a blonde guy. And so I think there's a Ron Swanson quote where he says, I like pretty dark haired women and breakfast food. That is me. Like I could not be any more me. Oh man. Ron Swanson. I, yeah, I I love Ron Swanson by the way. Yes. He's a very, very, uh, he's a man's man. So yes. Um, but yeah, I, I, I I like Maggie Gyllenhaal. I think the first thing that I really saw her in that I was like, "Oh, I really like this actress." Uh was uh was Stranger Than Fiction. H- have you seen that one? I don't think I have. No. Okay, it's it's Will Ferrell and uh and Maggie Gyllenhaal. Uh he he is uh, Wait, is that the serious movie that Will Ferrell did? I wouldn't say it's serious, but it's not like slapstick. It's where he like starts hearing a narrator. Okay, no, I, I don't guess I've seen it. I'll have to put that on the list. No, it's it's great. Uh, it, I it's it's not it's kind of a romantic comedy, but it's not like your typical romantic comedy. It's like I, I think you'd like it. It's it's kind of it's kind of uh it, it's kind of a uh kind of a a sci-fi kind of a fantasy kind of thing, but it's like in a modern setting. It's hard to explain. But uh, Stranger in the fish, Fiction, you should check no that one, out. No one gets shot in the head? No. Nope. I feel like we've covered that. Awesome. Then, no. I'll, then I'll check it out. Yeah, definitely. no no headshots. <laughs> then in course, the romantic comedy. Yeah. Then, uh, <laughs> someone gets hit by a bus. Are you okay with that? Uh, I'm, I'm okay with that, I think, yeah. I'm, you know, depending on the how much of the aftermath, I guess I see. Well, it's it's all acting. I mean, no one actually gets hit by a bus. See, I don't think I've ever actually processed that <laughs> mentally. And I, again, it goes back to that's why I read books more so than I. Yeah, so here's what I do. And you're going to laugh at this. I go on IMDb and I read the synopsis and the like family rating system things like the, the you know, how, where they say there's this many people that get killed and blah, 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 blah. Sure. Uh, I read those yeah. for like horror movies and I won't watch horror movies, but I read those. It's, it's a weird sort of like quirk that I have where I don't want to watch it, but I feel like if I read it, I can still experience it and uh, process it differently. Cause my brain is a obviously very strange place. Well, I, you know, I know, I know you've been a, a strong reader for a long time. Uh, yes. So, yeah, I remember you trying to get me to read more novels growing up, and I probably should have, but... Uh, well, I mean, you know, it all leads to the same thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you're, if you're reading and watching, and or watching good fiction, so... Yes. Um, so, uh, what do we got here? Where are we at in the movie? So, this is a disturbing... I, I, to me, one of the more disturbing things, 
because this is occurring. Like, I mean, these things occur, like these types of videos, these types of, you know, like that It kind of steps away from the superhero thing there for a minute. And like, you know, you get a real world like this is, you know, both humiliating and, and terrifying. Yeah. And of course, it's shot also on the, that low resolution camera. Yep. Very shaky, obviously handheld. And what year was this uh, was this movie? I can't remember. Um, I should know I this. Know. I looked it up the other day because wasn't this kind of in the midst of like the uh, beheading videos and things that were going yes. around a few years? Yeah, like, something that I've never watched. I, I have never watched them either, but I just remember they 2008. were... 2008. Yeah, so this was kind of in the midst of a lot of that stuff. Um, But yeah, that's... Yeah, because uh, yeah, I remember... I was, so it's the brings that reality sort of like, you know, brings that aspect of reality to it. Yeah. Yeah. Then of course, uh, we're at the ball here. Uh, and I actually thought that, uh, the guy who played Harvey here actually did a really good job. I just heard his name the other day too, in another podcast. And I can't think of what it is. Well, Aaron. I am already on the IMDB page. Aaron Eckhart. That's it. That's it. Yep. That's it. Aaron Eckhart. And what's really funny is because I have a sister named Aaron, the first time I ever heard this guy's name, I thought he was not a man. Uh, I thought, uh, but he is, so. He is, definitely. Spelled different. Uh, And so we have here Bruce again, you know, flying in with a helicopter. He's got the women just obviously looking to make an impression. Yeah, well, and 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 he has to do that. Um, that's part of his deal of like trying to uh, maintain the the image that he's in charge of the company. Mm-hmm. Um, that he trying to maintain the image that he's a socialite. And there's actually, and I don't remember. Okay, I don't remember if it's one of the movies or one of the '90s cartoons. Uh, do you remember the Batman, the 1990s Batman cartoon? Did you ever get? Did you ever get to watch it? That? Well, I maybe like I may have like snuck a peek from time to time. I and I'm pretty sure I know what because Robin was in that one as well, right? Yep, yep. Okay, and it was sort of like a precursor almost to the anime type art that we see today. Yeah, right? yeah. But this this one a was a little bit a, a little bit, but this one was done in a very like the whole thing felt like very like it felt very 1920s, but there was like uh. There was a a scene where someone had talked to to Bruce Wayne about like yeah I've seen you go around the parties drinking ginger ale hoping no one will notice because you know he's you know yeah he, you know he could be have to be Batman at any moment so he's not going to actually drink champagne yeah and uh, so but he's he's keeping up the uh, the appearances and you know earlier in the scene where uh where he's like, yeah, let's just push the tables together. Well, you know, it's fine. I own the hotel. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And so, you know, you have him uh, trying to really play up his, uh, his status so that he's noticed by people so that no one would think he's Batman. Yeah. Now, of course, if I were Batman, I would screw the whole thing up. I would wear Batman t-shirts. Immediately. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, that that's how I just walk around town. I just wear a Batman T-shirt everywhere, um, because I would have merchandising, especially if I owned a multi-level corporate, like a multi-million-dollar corporation that had several shell corporations going on. 
of course I would make my own merch. That's another income stream, right? Absolutely. As a billionaire, it's called diversifying, I think. Exactly. And kids are going to want what? A Batman shirt. Yep. I mean, especially if he was real. I mean, he's not even real, and I want, and I have, <laughs> I, I already have Batman shirts. He's not even real. Yeah, well, I mean, we've talked about it, and I'm obviously a Superman guy more so than a than a Batman guy, and just kind of always have been. But yeah, I know, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, that's the second time you've mentioned Superman, and I don't, I did not want to talk about this on Mike, but um, I, I I don't really care for Superman. Oh my goodness. That's, uh, I, yeah, no, that's heresy, really, almost. My, my problem with Superman, and I'm not going to push it too far. I don't, I don't want start, to start a big, big fight, but uh, <laughs> my big problem with Superman is he's, he's a little too perfect. Well, yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. And, uh, and, and, and whenever, there's, whenever Kryptonite comes around, he, he just bugs out. Like, yeah. That's the first thing that happens. He's like, gone. And, uh, he, you know, and, not, and granted, there's not much he can do in the way of kryptonite, which by the way, did not happen until the radio drama. The uh, kryptonite was not a thing until the radio drama because they had to find a weakness for him. Um, but you know, he's, he's just gone. He, he doesn't, he doesn't stand up to his weakness. He's just done. He's just like, yep, screw this. Can't, I might get hurt. I'm out. Yeah. yeah. See, I did not know that it was introduced in the in the radio drama. That's that's an interesting tidbit. Yeah, I I didn't know that for a long time either. That's a uh, it's kind of obscure because I well, well I mean you and I grew up with you know oh well kryptonite's just a thing. Um, yeah. So um, yeah, this scene here. Okay, so now here's the thing you talked about earlier. How the Joker talked about how do okay that okay hold on real quick. Do you see that Joker card just there? I did, yes. Okay, that Joker card is actually, it is the Joker card from a Grant Morrison run. Uh, Grant Morrison was a, DC, was, is a comic book writer. He wrote for Marvel and DC for a while, but oh, he did a run on Batman. Okay. Uh, and that's the artwork from that, from, from an actual Batman comic. That's nuts. Um, Those so, are little details that I would never get. <laughs> yeah, um... Yeah, so I actually, I, to be fair, I looked up some trivia on this movie. Um, nice. Because cause I am more of a Marvel fan. Yeah. And that's actually, so <laughs> I love that scene where he grabs the glass, spills the whole thing, then pretends yeah, to drink. Yeah, just tries to drink it. Yes, he's, uh, I mean, every bit of, I. so every, and I love how casually he dismantles the gun there, uh, but. Oh, yeah. There's, there's yeah, so, like they all come apart like that yeah well yeah i know you and yeah. i know that's ridiculous <laughs> because we actually live in the midwest where there are guns um but the <laughs> um i'm not getting into that discussion right now but <laughs> but heath ledger did such an amazing job in this movie i and, and you know there's stuff like like the the where he licks the the corner of his lips mm-hmm. uh, I i was reading on uh, the reason he did that is it would start to come off yeah, as it would dry. And so it would get out of place and it would bother him. And he just like licked his, would lick the prosthesis uh, just out of habit, just out of instinct. But it, it worked so well for the role because he's just always, 
it's just one of those things that just kind of adds to the intensity of the character. And he does it in a way that it looks like it's just a nervous tick of the character. And, uh, but if anyone's ever tried to feed a, you know, two year old something they don't want, you, you recognize. I'm sorry, I'm kidding. You, yeah. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> you, you are terrible. familiar with this. Yeah. I, I shouldn't have said that. That's terrible. Um, but, um, but yes, um, yeah, so, but every scene when Heath Ledger's on screen, he's just at a 10, both in like just intensity and skill. And the fact that the Joker in so many portrayals has been such a ridiculous character that you're like, there's no way this person exists. Yeah. And the fact that Heath Ledger lands this character to the point where you are just going, I think this guy might actually be out there to get me. <laughs> yeah. Like there might be somebody there that, yeah. Yeah. I've never felt that way watching a superhero movie until I watched this. Yeah. And the fact that it, and the fact that he's not put together, that was one of the things like in a lot of portrayals he's put together, his suits perfectly tailored, his, uh, his hair is always combed just right. It's green all through and through this. You can see his roots. You can see that the jacket, it, it, it fits, but it's not perfectly tailored. Yeah. It, you know, just stuff like that. Uh, his hair is a mess. Uh, the makeup is not, um, it's not these perfectly drawn lines. So yeah, it's, it's so cool. Um, and the, the detail that they put into making him appear as insane as what he actually is. And then that right there, like normally there's some bargaining that takes place yeah. with the, the hero. Hey, uh, you know, do you want to get the girl back? This is how it happens. And then, you know, he just says, poor choice of words and chucks her. Yeah. And, and I love the fact, too, that Batman's not perfect in this. Yes. Um, yeah. Stuff like his cape malfunctioned just now. Yep. And they, they landed on the hood of the car. They lived, but... Of course. You know, they should have glided down. In any other portrayal, they would have glided down or he would have got his grappling hook onto something. Mm -hmm. That's one of the things that I thought was funny is like, I just kept, you know, it had been a while since I watched this movie and I thought, okay, uh, the grappling hook, uh, the grappling hook now. Oh, okay. The grappling <laughs> hook. And then they just <laughs> smash into a, a car. Yeah. That's exactly what I did. Cause it, you know, it had been, uh, you know, almost 10 years since I had seen this. Mm hmm. And, uh, yeah. Cause I'm pretty sure I watched it as it, you know, when it came out, I, you know, whether or not I did it in the theater or, you know, right after it came out on video, that's, and I, there, there you go. I, I just said video. So, yeah. well, I, I think video is the, the good, the, probably the best term, uh, because yeah. cause it, it, it describes all of it. Yeah. All formats. So what's your take on Christian Bale as Batman? How do you think he stands up versus everyone else? Like incredible. I, and now I, I'm going to be honest with you and you're going to, you're going to be upset. Uh, you're going to be very upset. I was a fan of the George Clooney Batman. Uh, and I am a big fan of the Ben Affleck Batman. And I know that that's not a, a popular opinion. Uh, I just am a, I, I don't know. I just like Ben Affleck's Batman. And I it may not be 
Ben Affleck so much as it is the portrayal of how Batman is in this, you know, this particular walkthrough. Who is it? Isn't it Abrams, J.J. Abrams, that's doing the new ones? Uh, you know, I, I, have, I don't even know um, who's doing it. I'm pretty this. sure it is. I think it's J.J. Abrams. And J.J., I have long been a fan of J.J. Abrams. No, I he, just, he's made some good stuff. Yeah. And so the, you know, I don't know, but Nolan is amazing. Like, I really, I don't know that anybody did a better job than he did, really. I think as far, now, I will say, um, I felt like uh, with the, Chris, my, what, my one complaint with the Christopher Nolan uh, Batman universe is, um, is it felt too compressed. Is it, it's, uh, it felt like a, a very short time. Uh, yes, I really feel like there was uh, some development we missed. I feel like we got good development in the first movie. We got the start of some really good development in this movie, but I feel like they skipped some stuff between number two and number three that, yeah. that should have been there. Um, but no, uh, so no, I was actually asking about uh, Chris. I I might have said Christian, or I might have said Chris Nolan, but I meant Christian Bale, like the the. Uh, yes yeah yeah yeah. um so i haven't i haven't seen ben affleck uh uh, and i I would hope that he's doing fine Uh, i haven't seen it yet but (laughs) and and i i've I've heard actually that he that he did better than most people expected yes and um i i gotta say um george clooney not my favorite batman um, I, I actually, I liked Michael Keaton as Batman, but I really wish I could have seen what Michael Keaton could have done under, uh, and again, this is all superfluous. This is just ridiculous to even think about it, but I would like to have seen what <laughs> I know. Like, I would like to have seen what, uh, Michael Keaton could have done, uh, under Chris Nolan, uh, directing Batman. Uh, I, you know what? That's a fun way to think. I I can get on board with that. And 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 again, I know it's it's ridiculous. It's never going to happen. But uh, I just feel like uh, I, I feel like Michael Keaton did a, a great thing. But uh, apparently, uh, Christian Bale, you know, like the Batman voice. Yes. Uh, apparently, Christian Bale, um, when he put on the suit, felt he felt ridiculous when he put on the suit. And he felt like the only way he was going to deliver his lines with any kind of, uh, I'm trying to think of the right word here, uh, any kind of uh, conviction or or uh, re- realistic expectations was to do a funny, to, was to do like a grizzled voice. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Which I feel like uh, Ben Affleck completely stole from him. I will say that. Like Ben Affleck obviously, you know, doesn't have that voice and it's, uh, you know, it's painfully obvious that he's he's throwing that voice on. Uh, this is this is one of my favorite parts. Like the, the humor that they get in here, like it was decent humor to break it up. You know, I want ten million dollars, and then he says, "Hey, you really think that you know the guy that you're accusing of being Batman is going to pay you ten million dollars a year?" Yeah. No, I, I there's 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 actually okay so. The, on my second viewing of this, there were many things that I was like, um, oh, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of stuff in here where they kind of give some nods to the comic book. 
And there's a lot of things where they really make fun of themselves. And there's a lot of great humor in this because, you know, the first time you watch this movie, you were just uh, like, for me, I don't know about you, but for me, when I watched this movie the first time, I was so just like blown away uh, and just shocked by how intense it could get it sometimes that that's what I walked away with. And it's, it's stuff like, um, you know, when he's, when he's showing him the cell phone technology earlier on and he, he says, um, what was it? He says, um, he tries to deflect to something else. He talks about using sound waves to see, and he says, it's like, a. he's like, it's like a bat, Mr. Wayne. It's, it's like, <laughs> you know, and it's like, and they're kind of making fun of themselves in this. Yeah. And, yeah. and actually, uh, and and if you really think about it, um, the first like forty or so minutes of this movie are actually kind of slow. They are, and I will agree with that simply because it, last night I think is whenever I watched this, you know, with with my my original watch through, and I remember thinking, oh man, it's already almost over, and then like hitting the pause button and seeing that it had just barely begun. Yeah, and and see, I for, like I forgot about all kinds of stuff, like him going over, like him going overseas to retrieve that the the one gangster guy that mm-hmm. you know, all kinds of stuff, and then basically from here on out, it just it gets nuts. It does. It's you know just sort of the the ride is just nonstop, and I the, I want to say that this is. You know, while several of the Joker's plans were, you know, kind of brilliant in their own way, the timer on the shade for me has got to be up there in terms of just top, hey, how can I get rid of this guy? The most simple, just a timer on a uh, on a shade. And it springs up and he's going to let Gotham's finest do his dirty work. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I actually, and that's funny because I've watched this twice now and i missed that that was a timer on the shade i think i was in the i don't know what i was doing yeah if you look down here in just a couple of seconds or a couple maybe a couple of minutes that you'll see a, a timer uh over there and of course actually it's not in that shot which was kind of funny the shot where the little coke can was there or whatever was there yeah the timer was actually not in that shot yeah no that's that is interesting and that's and that's kind of the Joker's mo. I mean, because he talks about it later. Because everyone, you know, he, you know, later on when he burns the pile of money, and everyone's like, "What are you going to get with your?" Uh... Okay, I didn't realize it was the the timer. Yeah. Okay, I, I remember he was in there looking through the thing, and then the uh, looking through the scope or the camera or whatever that is, and then I remember he gets shot at. Yeah, the little timer goes off and the shade snaps up, which, of course, is, you know, again, goes to brilliant. And it's in the middle of the gunfire anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And, of course, it's it's Batman, so he can't be shot. Of course. And, of course, that shot of the Joker with no makeup on is... that yeah. That, to me, is actually more disturbing than him with the makeup on. Yep, I agree. And is that the only, that's the only shot like that we get of him, isn't it? It is. Yep. There's a, uh, in the beginning, you know, he's holding the, 
the mask, but we just see the back of his head, so we don't really know if he's he's in the the costume or not. I, I think he was in makeup um, because he does pull the mask off right before he gets on the bus in the middle. Oh, of okay, that. that's yeah. right. Yep, you're right. Yeah, that is. So, Chris, we have Harvey Dent at the breaking point. Yeah. And uh, one thing I will say, and this is, uh, I felt like, um, I felt like Two-Face and uh, Catwoman. I felt like they got especially weak treatments in this series. And um, I, I felt like they could have done a lot more with Harvey. And then... Uh, I, and again, you know, of course we're talking about, yeah, I guess we're talking about the whole series, but in the next one, Catwoman, I feel like she was very, um, she was very one dimensional. I was, I was very disappointed because, you know, in the, in the comic, she's supposed to be, uh, one of those characters who is, is clever. She's a master thief. She's, you know, very strong in many ways, but in the, in the Dark Knight Rises, she basically does all that she does uh, to keep from, you know, to avoid death threats. You know, see, and I, yeah. So isn't she trying to get her record purged or something in that? I, I've only seen that once. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah. And so there's some sort of master file that she can use to purge her record. Like they're, you know, that's a, that's a real popular thing to do now. Yeah. Oh, there's a flash drive. It contains all the bad things you've ever done. You just need to destroy it. And, you know, the internet doesn't really exist, so there are no copies. Yeah. 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 Kind of like, have, do you ever watch the show The IT Crowd? I I have not seen all of them, but I the ones I have seen, I really enjoyed. It's like like the scene where they they uh she takes the internet to the meeting. <laughs> I I can see that happening, but I've not seen that episode. <laughs> yeah, they give I really her, need to watch all of them. Yeah, they they give the manager of the bo- this white box, and they tell her <laughs> that it's the internet. The internet. Oh goodness, yeah. And so she take she so she takes it to a meeting with all of her superiors, and is and is showing it off like it's this grand like this is <laughs> the internet. The internet. Like, capital capital T capital I. It's all right here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So, man, okay, so, so, all right, so why is it uh, that you picked this movie? I, you know what, I was scrolling down the list that you had, and I was trying to avoid some of the more obvious choices, like, I mean, I'm immediately drawn to, like, a movie, of course, like The Matrix, just because I loved The Matrix just because of where I was in my uh, developmental age, I guess, uh, with the parents that I had. I, again, we go back to, you know, and your your listeners may not have gotten this fully yet, but I mean, I was not allowed to watch movies. I wasn't allowed to watch TV shows. I was. I remember being floored going to your house, going to Jason's house and, and uh, seeing what y'all got to do. I, it just, I, you know, I just thought, man, this is, this is, wonderful uh but braveheart in particular i i remember watching braveheart at your house and just going oh this is what a rated r movie is like it's amazing there's there's violence there's nudity there's you know language it's it's amazing um but 
so I was really kind of trying to avoid obvious choices, and I feel like I made one anyway. Um, no, I don't. I don't feel like I this really is an obvious enjoyed, choice for a show. I, well, I really enjoyed this movie. Like I enjoyed the 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 I enjoyed the darkness of superheroes, the dark side of good, and you know the breaking points that each character in this movie goes through. Like Dan, right here. Yeah. Obviously, the the dude doesn't know you know that it's a double sided coin. Spoiler alert. Sorry. Uh, if you haven't seen it 20 times already, um, but I mean, this is a, this is a breaking point that you wouldn't normally see from a good guy. Sure. But it, that's what interested me. The, the breaking points, the darkness of this movie of Nolan in particular of his DC universe that he created. Yeah. I, I can get that. I can get that. It's, it really is it it adds a complexity to superheroes that typically you don't see in movies it and, and quite honestly you you generally only see this typically as as far as like how dark it can be in the comic books because a lot of people don't realize that comic comic books stopped being written for kids around the eighties uh and that was largely introduced with uh Alan Moore in the Watchmen series and um Holy smokes, you want to talk about dark. The movie had nothing on the comic book. See, I, and I just remember the, I don't remember a lot about the Watchmen, but I, the comic books, I never, I, I still, I, I can count on one hand the amount of comic books that I've seen, much less read. So I just don't have that experience. Sure. Well, it, and that's, yeah, it's, it's one of those things like, and to me, comics will always have a special place in my, in my life. And, and the reason for that is, um, I was not an, an avid reader and part of my problem was I would get really bored with comic books or with, with, I'm sorry, not comic books. I would get really bored with books and, um, I'm going to try to condense this story as much as I can. Uh, when I was, uh, when I, when I turned 18, I had, I, I don't remember what exactly was going on. I was, you know, 18 is a tumultuous time for anyone. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't matter who you are. That's just a crazy time in your life. It, it's busy. The world is weird, um, and there's a lot more to it than you realize, especially if you grew up in the Midwest. Um, and so I was, I was dealing with a lot of like some like depression issues, and and my sister recommended uh, Emily, who's the other host here. Uh, she recommended a book to me, and I read it, and and I realized around that time there there were um, there were things in the world people were not going to just tell me, and so I knew I needed to start reading more. And, um, so I'd start a book, then I would get bored with it and then I'd stop reading it and then I would just stop reading. And, um, cause I always grew up under the impression that many people had told me that if you start a book, you need to finish it, um, before, before you start another one. And during that time I wasn't reading, uh, any like books, any like nonfiction books or anything. And so I started reading comics and, I was reading every title I could get a hold of. Well, you know, comics, you get 30 pages every month. And I was reading about, I was probably reading a dozen different titles. And I realized I was able to keep that all straight. So I thought, well, why don't I just keep that? Um, why don't I just do that with regular books? I'll just put a few that have stuff I want to know about in my book bag. And I'll read whichever one I happen to want to read that day. 
and it worked for me. And wow. so I, I read, uh, when I can, I, I ha- it's kind of slowed down since I've had kids. Cause you know, just energy level. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> but before, uh, before I had kids, I would, I would read six books. I would be working on six books at a time. Oh, that's, that's crazy. That's, it's awesome that that works for you though. That's a, it's a way to get it done. And, and, and I learned that by accident from reading comics. And so that's why to me, they'll always have a special place. Yeah. And, and so, but it, it sounds so counter to everything that we've been taught growing up about, about literacy and about reading. And so, uh, but yes, uh, you should check out the Watchmen series by Alan Moore. I, I know you're not a huge comic fan, but, uh, just the, the depth in that, if you, if you like the whole, like there's a dark side to all of this, mm-hmm. it's pretty cool. Cause he, he's actually kind of credited that series. It's kind of credited with being the first one that superheroes, uh, especially, uh, because it was, uh, you know, it was, it was the eighties that the superheroes really got super dark. Um, but that's also why I tend to go towards uh, Marvel over DC because Marvel tends to have those dark storylines and it has to, t- it tends, it has people who are more like this Batman, who is a person who's trying to figure out how to be a superhero. Yeah. some a character that might say the F word while he's saving your life. Sure. Which is not something you see very often. Absolutely. Yeah. And so you wind up with these squeaky clean kind of, uh, people, um, but you also figure out, and now here's the thing too, um, you know, uh, with, with Batman, you know, he's got, you know, his one rule is that he doesn't kill. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but of course, you know, anyone who follows the comic knows he finds loopholes to that all the time. Uh, you know, and he, and he even says it in the first movie, you know, when, when, uh, Raja Ghoul's on the train, he's like, you know, I'm, I'm, I won't kill you but I'm not required to save you. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I think, you know, there, there's that obvious, you know, he's kind of playing on a loophole there, but, um, I, I'm going to kind of mention this is that, so I, I had a friend, uh, we were having lunch one day and he was talking about, uh, we were talking about being how we were raised, and I, I mentioned that I was raised in a you know pretty strict environment. Uh, uh, I think your your parents might have been a little more strict about some of the stuff than mine, um, but I wasn't allowed to watch GI Joe growing up because of the violence. And um, and he said, "Well, I want." He goes, "You know, GI Joe's not on anymore, but if it was, I wouldn't let my kids watch it either." And I. And I said, is it a violence thing? He goes, no. He goes, he goes, I don't care about violence. He goes, my, my issue with, uh, GI Joe is that, uh, Cobra commander and, uh, all of his, you know, minions, they wreak havoc. GI Joe comes, they, you know, shoot guns. Most of the time they miss and, um, they might get locked up or might not, but next week they're back doing the same thing. And what it teaches my kids, there's no consequences for anything. Okay, I can get on board with that. That's huh. That's a that's a, a perspective I've not even considered. Blue, no lasting consequences. Yeah. Blew my mind when he said yeah. that. And I was like, uh, you are absolutely right, sir. Um, and so I've been thinking about that a lot. And how 
there is kind of this idea that do superheroes, as we understand them and and think about them, do they really help? Or are they or are they just delaying the inevitable because they're not actually ever taking care of the problem? Hmm. That's a very uh, man. That's something. Like I said, this is where I don't. I, I maintain that I'm not qualified to even <laughs> do stuff like this, just because that I like. I'm stuck even on the third or fourth watch, going, "Oh, it's a fire truck. It's on fire." <laughs> you know, that's, <laughs> there's some sort of irony there, and it's really not ironic. But you know, you just you think about that. I, that's just. I don't know that I ever developed past being able to watch an action movie for you know anything other than just an action movie and that's uh, one of the things that it indicates that is i am a sucker for the fast and furious franchise like i am oh i am die hard i have all of them on blu-ray those are blu-rays i actually own uh and i've seen them all a hundred times i it's just it's one of those things where i don't always search for a deeper meaning and yet i'm constantly encouraging the students that i teach to look for you know to challenge things to look for that uh the context of the situation and you know think critically yeah so that's i tell people all the time if my students leave my classroom and they don't know what a gerund is okay great but if they can you know not share a post on facebook that is fake news <laughs> okay that i feel like i've done my job <laughs> you know anymore that's that's the uh that's the real challenge um yeah. real quick i do think it's funny that you know the side of the truck said laughter is the best medicine and they spray painted yeah. the s in the front yes the there yeah. yeah little english joke for you i figured yes, figured definitely. you might like that i do appreciate it Oh, oh. Uh, well, for any well for anyone who's not picked up on it, Travis is an English teacher. Um, I am, and if you haven't picked up on it, then you're about like me with the whole uh, Rachel Dawes not realizing that two different actresses played her. <laughs> uh, all the signs are there; you just haven't you haven't picked it up yet. So, uh, so who is this driver? Like, I that is one of the things they seem to focus on this driver a lot and i i never quite figured out if it was like somebody working for joker or if it's like a seriously dedicated like the stig and top gear like you're just not gonna see him <laughs> and i don't get it i mean i just like hey we're gonna take this driver we're gonna we're gonna throw every bit of clothing we have in the prop room on him and then there's the bazooka you know is this thing bulletproof and he says what it'll take more than that or something like that Yes, and then the Joker, of course, comes the, out the, immediately with the bazooka. With more than that, yeah. The uh, I I think the idea is that um I, I I think he was working for the Joker, but I think the idea that they're focusing on him so much was to see the distress of the passenger. Okay, just sort of the the contrast of the yeah him freaking out versus the calmness. Yeah. And of course, we see the Batmobile ruined here. And now I did hear, I, I did hear actually, uh, or hear slash read. I think I read it. I don't remember. Uh, the problem is, I listen to a ton of podcasts and I read a lot of articles. So I never remember if I heard or read something. But um, <laughs> that um, 
the uh, when he gets ready to eject here, there's going to be the motorcycle uh, version of the Batmobile. Is that um, that it was actually so heavy? I'm sorry, this is just a trivial fact I'm bringing up. That it was so heavy that only one of the stuntmen was actually able to pilot it. <laughs> That's crazy. That the and I mean the, the they built this machine yeah. to be functional, you know. Which is that just man? No special effects, really. I mean, I'm sure something like that was think, you know digitally enhanced that, and that. Yeah, I think but. that was a digital effect, but the but there is actually a practical device on that that yeah. motorcycle. Um, yeah, there, there's several scenes where you're like, yeah, that's not actually going to happen in real life. Um, but, Has there ever been a helicopter in the history of modern cinema? That has flown in a city street and not crashed any at all. Like, I, I don't think I can remember them. You know, I, I, I don't know. I, do, would they even fly like that? Like, that's, I, I, that's, that's a good question. I really don't know. Like, I, they, they don't land helicopters when it's super windy. So I imagine, you know, and I mean, he's coming in hot. There seems to be just going way too fast. Yeah. No, I, I don't know. I, of course, I'm not. I'm not. I don't know much about uh, helicopter pilot piloting. I don't either. So, yeah. Um, but the other thing, um, that was the other thing I read that I was trying to think of a minute ago, was that um, with the crashing of the Batmobile and just everything going on, that there there, there was kind of a one word theme for every one of the movies, and um, and this one was chaos. I can't remember what Batman Begins is, but it was. This one was chaos, and then the third one was pain. I'll, I'll think of what the other one was for Batman Begins, but just now. See, here is where the English teacher in me is going to say that theme can never be just one word. It can be <laughs> what the movie is about is just one word, but theme is the message the author wants you to take away, and that can never be just one word. So that one's free. Like that's the English lesson for this evening. I'm done. I, I'll put it away. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> the topic of each movie. There we go. Topic the, would work. The topic for that. We'll go with that. The topic yeah. is yeah is chaos. And uh, absolutely, I'm not sure what the theme is. Uh, then, but don't uh, don't be the Joker. I, 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 yeah, I wouldn't know what it is either. I really, ah, uh, that's such a cool shot. Hey, do, oh, dude, the truck coming up. Yeah, that is incredible. I just because you can tell that it's not CGI. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know that like that was obviously. Oh, yeah. With the motorbike, you know. Yeah. And, and then, and then the sideways things where the wheels turn, uh, where the, I don't know how to explain they They turn perpendicular to what they normally turn. Mm hmm. That like that obviously is has got to be computer enhanced, and so the trigger discipline here is you know j- the Joker you know just walking around with his finger on the trigger I think is obviously you know something as someone who if you taught to handle a gun you you know you never do that just speaks more to his personality. Yeah, yeah, that's that is one thing. Like even uh, I got to the point even like with toy guns. I still, yep. um, we, we bought some Nerf guns, uh, and occasionally we have these Nerf wars around our house. And I, I even do that with Nerf guns. Like I, I rest my finger on the side. I don't ever just rest yep. it on the, That's on the right. trigger. 
never rested on the trigger. Yeah, that's. I love how he comes up and he's making. He takes a minute to make fun of his own henchmen. Yes. <laughs> and then, yeah, the triumphant return here. Yes. Yeah. That was the thing he wasn't counting on. He was, he, he, and that's, and that's the thing. Like you can see areas where, where, uh, Batman does something and he thinks he's got ahead and then the Joker's ahead of him. And then the Joker, and and it's like, you can see how they're supposed to be well matched. Yeah. Um, So yeah, it's, it's definitely a, uh, the, the scripting and the, the directing, the pacing, uh, Again, the first half of this movie, a little slow, but yeah. everything from here out, yeah, just the, the directing is, is just so well done. <laughs> I love this. Yeah, all of the stuff that they pull out, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like a vegetable peeler. Yeah, the vegetable peeler <laughs> with, a, with tape around the handle, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I... It's just insane. So, um, but yeah, a couple things. And, and of course I, you know, I have heard that this Joker is closer to the comic books and I have also heard that this series that you don't see it so much in the first two, but this series gets closest to like Batman of the, of the comics is that Bruce Wayne, uh, is actually, and they, they kind of tease this idea to you, but I think it still has to be Hollywood um, at the end of the day because they have to sell it. You know, I, I, you know, I get that if you don't sell the movie, you don't have money to make more good movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Batman in the, in the comics, uh, in some series, is the character. And, and Bruce Wayne actually gets to the point where Bruce Wayne is the person he puts on. Okay. And so you actually have this dealing with Batman uh, in, in some of the series where he's struggling with the fact that he's been Batman for so long. And you do kind of see that in the third movie when you kind of get reintroduced to him, uh, that he doesn't know who Bruce Wayne really is. Yeah. And so there is kind of this idea of, well, if you're an extremist uh, and you're you're bucking the rules for um for the right cause, are you and and this is a question that does get asked in this movie specifically, are, are you any better than the person who bucks the rules because they like to? Yep. And that's a that's a and it's one of the things, one of the questions I feel like that makes life interesting, you know? Yeah, everyone is going to have their own version of an of an opinion on that. Yeah, and this and this is we're getting ready, you know, actually getting ready for the scene where it really comes together, and and the scene where we kind of see that uh, that Batman kind of in this next scene he kind of starts to lose it. Yeah, and and it is because he and it again it goes back to the, he can't make sense of the Joker. He's and that, and I wish I wish they'd kind of played up, uh, you know, in the comic book, in, in the comic, and even in the the nineties cartoon series, Batman was more of a detective, yeah, than, than he was because in this in this series he's kind of more, more or less just the muscle, 
just handing out justice. Yeah, it, handing out handing out justice naps. <laughs> yeah, and 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 he uh, it, well, and and he relies. And now I will say I I love Lucius and I love Alfred, but he he relies on Alfred and Lucius as his as his team. Like those are the they're really kind of the brains behind what he's doing in in this particular series. And in in this one, he kind of is more just he's the muscle of the group and he doesn't yeah. really have uh, the mind that Bruce Wayne has in in the comic book series where he is the detective where he's putting all the things together. And I think if they had played that up just a little bit more in this, this scene would make a little more sense. Um, because you are getting to where he's been trying to figure out who the Joker is and what the motivation is. And he's getting to the point where it doesn't make sense to him, and so he's resorting to a level of violence that he's not comfortable with. Yeah. That is, man, and I, I, I've drawn several parallels, I feel like, tonight on, on uh, you know, the teaching plane but that is one of the most frustrating things as a teacher i think for me is to see a student who seems to be acting up for no reason whatsoever like i want to get in to their life to their head and 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 diagnose it and say okay this is why why mm -hmm. is this student giving me problems every single day okay here's why bad home life they're not eating in the morning uh you know they're they're being bullied. They're, you know, they're just mean. But I mean, not realizing is it tough. Yeah. And it, it wants it. You got to have the patience, obviously, to not, you know, slam their head on the table and say, why are you misbehaving? Right. Uh, but you, I, I see what you're saying here. Like uh, the, the old Batman typically would have put a little more time into trying to deduce uh, the behavior or, you know, the the why the behavior exists yeah yeah and 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 granted you have to work with movie pacing and things like that mm -hmm. but i really feel like um I, I feel like he got frustrated a little too quickly it, but i but i also feel like that you know it, it they relied a little, a little heavily on on alfred and on uh and on lucius but at the same time I, I'm not faulting the movie. It's a fantastic movie. Yeah. Um, so, but uh, what you're saying about teaching, though, um, yeah, that's being able to um, to to deal with uh, the kids who you can't figure out. Man, that's that's got to be so tough. And 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 just even dealing with the kids that you can figure out, that's a gift. <laughs> I mean, yeah and i just i just don't acknowledge that i i have been told that on more than one occasion but i i don't i it's just it's what i do you know that just it's one of those things where you you just you do what you're you feel like you're supposed to be doing and and what, my wife maintains it's because i never grew up past the eight like the emotional age of like 15 and so that's why i'm able to you know get along with most of my students so i don't know hey you know like i i work maintenance at a school and I get frustrated with the kids and I barely interact with them. But, you know, I, but because, because I am, I, 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 I like things to make sense. Mm -hmm. 
and and I'm okay. I I've gotten much better at being like, okay, that doesn't make sense, and I'll just let it go. But you know, it's like you know when you come into school and you go to clean the bathroom, and there's like you know someone's left a, a little pile of baby carrots behind one of the toilets. You start. Why try, you start? Just, yeah. Why you what, start? What behavior motivated this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You start trying to piece things together. Yeah. And uh, and now now that one I will say it's probably because some kid didn't want to eat their carrots. Mm-hmm. But there's you know there's just certain things. It's like okay, there's wadded up toilet paper on the ceiling. Why? Yeah. What would motivate you to do that? You know, just just random stuff and uh. I just don't get it. And so again, it's the, the Joker here is, is kind of, to me, he's that, I love how the cars are all perfectly spaced to weave between. Anyway, sorry. Absolutely. uh, Yep. No lane splitting for Batman. Yeah, Go for it, bats. Um, but the, (laughs) sorry, but, but, you know, uh, of course, you know, I realize I have to just disconnect that at a certain point. Just go children are children. Yep. We can't expect them to behave like adults. I can't even expect most adults to behave like adults half the time. Right. Amen. Um, myself included. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it, it just, that's the thing that, that I think kind of fascinates me about this movie when I come back to it. And we have to realize, again, there is, when you get into malevolence and when you get into selfishness, anything can be justified. And yeah. And the Joker, regardless, is at some at, at some level he's a he's a selfish character. And well, I mean, he's obviously a selfish character, but he, yeah. he he's he's a he's a psychopath. He doesn't understand uh, the value of people, and unless they fit into his plan in some way, then then he has nothing for them. Yeah. This. Man, I tell you what, as I think that as a parent thinking about situations like this, uh, where the characters are, are helpless, there's literally, there's, they are entirely dependent upon someone else to act in order for the situation to be okay. That goes against every, every instinct I have as a parent. Like it's, it's tough for me to watch sometimes that just because I can't fathom a situation where I would need to be totally dependent on someone else to act in order for me or my family to, to be okay. I, and so stuff like that is, is tough for me to watch. It, it just, and, and it wasn't 10 years ago. Yeah. No, I get that. I totally get that. Being a parent changes you. And it does. And even in weird little ways, weird, like I, there are huge ways. But I, you know, you wouldn't think that seeing movies would be different. I can't watch movies uh, that that feature adoptions in them now. So my family watched. Um, oh, the, the, there's the the one that uh, Is it Juno. Per, no, no, no. Perfect Family. What what's it called? For or oh, it's a it's a movie that had uh, that had to do with adoptions uh, that recently came out, and I'll I'll have to look it up. But and I say came out came out on video. And my instant family, I think is what it's called. Okay, yeah. And I just, they sat down to watch it and I said, no, I, I, I'm not going to watch that with you guys. I can't, I've lived it. I don't want to relive 
that. And I mean, you know, it really kind of, you know, the oldest two, you know, we've adopted three, the oldest two, you know, kind of remember going through some of that stuff. And yeah. so they, that movie impacted them. And I, I couldn't, I don't think I could have sat there and watched that with them knowing or thinking that they may have been reliving something, Yeah, you know? Yeah. Well, I, I've, I've got to say, um, you're talking about that helpless feeling and that that's something that um when our when our oldest one when when she was when Mickey was pregnant with our oldest one uh the they did the ultrasound and the the ultrasound tech uh didn't let on like anything was going on uh, but when we um went to see our um when we went back to see our our midwife uh, they had advised us that they saw something on the ultrasound that they thought that, that our oldest one had something called trisomy 18, um, which is, which is bad. Like if anyone listening out there, if you, if, if there is, if you get told that your child might have that, just wait for the results before you Google anything. Don't Google that. Yeah. Um, and, uh, basically like the, um, most children who are born with it don't live past the first couple hours of their lives. Man. And um that's if they that's if they go to term. And I I remember that helpless feeling was just the worst thing I had ever experienced in my life. Yeah. And uh it's yeah. Yeah, it it just there there were just it, that was the longest 3 weeks. And, and just yep. hearing that there might be something wrong with my kid that I can't fix. Yeah. I can't know that no one could fix. Um, yeah, I, I totally understand that the, that that's the closest I've come. And I, I would hate, I, I hate to ever think that there's anything that would ever put me in that situation again. And I know that that's always a possibility. Yep. And, but it's just one of those things, you know, it's love takes risks. Um, you, you, you take that and, and you go, okay, if I'm, if I'm actually going to love someone, I have, I have to put myself at the mercy of the fact that there's, there, there's a, there's an element, element to the, to the world that I just can't control and I'll never be able to. Yep. And, and I, I can do the best I can and there's, the world's not fair. And you look at, you look at the story of Job. You know, he, yeah. he was counted, he was counted as a righteous man to the point that, that God said, uh, you know, basically God, God was like, you know, he, he comes, you know, Satan comes and says, Hey, who am I going to accuse today of doing something bad? And God says, well, uh, what about Job? Have you, have you inspected his life lately? And, and then, you know, there's, there's just an element that there's things going on in the world that you do everything you can. But at the end of the day, there's something that's going to happen that we cannot account for. Yeah. And so, yeah. Of course, we just uh, lost uh, Rachel. Katie Holmes slash Maggie Gyllenhaal. Yeah. I maintain that they look exactly alike, and I will maintain (laughs) that until the end of the podcast. (laughs) Once I've taken a position, I have to keep it, obviously. I, yeah, so. I remember that. No. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. 
<laughs> you know, we were talking the other day. I was talking. I drove the FCCLA group to Stillwater to compete in a in a state competition, and they were talking about the parliamentary procedure group that they have. And I just I was telling them about 4-H and how you guys took my speaking privileges away every week through the proper you know Roberts Rules of Order way, and <laughs> they don't. just got such a kick out of that. They got <laughs> such a kick out of that. I don't remember that. But. Well, every week they would say, one of y'all would say, I move to take Travis's speaking privileges away. And somebody would say, I second. Everyone voted and I couldn't talk the rest of the meeting. Oh, so, man. yeah. It, yeah, well. Uh, that's this, how I learned about Robert's Rules of Order. See, like, and, I mean, that's. <laughs> yeah, and, and this is why I was kind of almost reluctant to have you on the podcast because I knew uh, I might get some reminder of, of you know, that I once was young and kind of a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> well, it wasn't just you. I mean, there were more than just you and I in that 4-H group. That's for sure. Uh, yeah, I guess. I guess. Uh, I guess it was a popular opinion. I, I don't know. <laughs> yes. Well, obviously, I. You know, and those of you who have listened to me speak tonight may understand it more. You know, not by now, surely. Well, yeah. So is this cheesecloth? Like, I mean, I don't understand. Is this a common practice with, with burn wounds? Like, do they cover it in cheesecloth or do they not just bandage it? I have I no, really don't know. I have no idea. I mean, and I... Ugh. And that would hurt. That, I mean, I can't just, you can't slap it. Yeah, really. that's exactly what I was thinking. Like, just yep. like, uh, and, and that's actually, I, I will say as far as just gruesome, creepy... This is this is the this is the best visual portrayal of Two Face I've ever seen. Yeah, um, because you know it's easy to draw him in the comic, but uh, you know Tommy Lee Jones. As much as I love Tommy Lee Jones, he did not. He got a bad script, and and really, uh, you can't you could at the time that Batman was was that Batman Forever. By the time that came out, you could not have even done this visually. Um, what, no, what they've got here, and. You know, you've got stuff like you can see the muscles in his jaw, his mouth doesn't yeah. close, which how does he make uh, F, M, and P sounds? Um, you know, I just, I don't understand that. He's missing an eyelid completely. His eyes just exposed. Um, but yeah, this is, uh, it's pretty gruesome. Yeah, he just rolls that eyeball around. It reminds me, obviously, of the, Gus Fring scene and break and breaking bad. I remember looking at that and going, Oh my gosh. Yeah. I I've not watched, I've not watched breaking bad, but what it reminds, what it reminds me of, um, uh, did you read fight club? The book? Oh crap. I, I have read fight club. I actually have, I read fight club and then I read something else by him called choke, which I don't recommend if you're a younger viewer. I, I did not read choke. Oh, there it is. Yeah. But, um, but so in fight club, there's the, there's the part where he talks about, uh, when people ask him how he deals with the hole in his cheek, he's like, I put my fingers here when I drink coffee and it's not a problem. <laughs> I don't remember that line, but I'm telling you, yeah, that dude, Palinuk or Palinchuk or however you say his name, that dude is a, he's a fantastic writer, but golly, he's got a, a twisted twisted mind he, he's like. an, he's an imaginative writer he's not he is like his he he needs a better editor um but he's imaginative and uh there was one uh that i read by him called lullaby which was 
insane. Uh, you should check that one out. It's uh, not not if you're a younger writer. It's pretty creepy. Um, but it's a it's yeah. A, choke was the same way. Yeah, I I have I I think I have I think someone loaned that to me and I might still have it. So whoever loaned that to me, um, remind me to check my shelves later. <laughs> okay. I and I'm trying to remember how I I mean. Uh, I, I may have had it in digital format. I don't remember. Uh, this is, of course, the the scene that kind of really brings it all into perspective for people who haven't gotten it yet. Yeah, that he doesn't care, and the fact that because the fact that he's burning half of the money that this entire criminal organization mm-hmm. has managed to amass over the years they've been in operation. Uh, yeah, it's um. It's really interesting because here he is, and this is the thing, he's he's living for something other than money, but we don't know what it is. Yeah. And then you've got Bruce Wayne, who's the counter to that, who he's living for something other than money, but we know what it is. We think we do anyway. We think it's justice, but is it really? And that's the question that the Joker is going to make you ask. Yeah. And, uh, and now that guy's wishing he hadn't have been smoking a cigar whenever he came in. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm sure the Joker had a lighter in his pocket. He would have to if he was going to do the job correctly. I mean, he was prepared for for uh, for some kind of uh, flammable something because uh, <laughs> he brought the gasoline. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's that's where I was going. Thank you. I was... Some this is almost like podcasting with Emily. All I have to do is start where I'm going, and we we wind up there. <laughs> oh, so then you have to wonder if he got fed to the dogs or not. I'm gonna go with yes, because that's the exact kind. Of, okay, because the Joker says he doesn't have any rules, right? But he, you know what he does have? He's got a sense of irony. That's almost like that's almost like <laughs> yeah. his rule. Yeah. <laughs> and that dude is he recognizes immediately you know hey i i should not be here yeah yep i love the fact that he's like always going right up to where he's supposed to go and he's like ah, uh, uh i should uh i'm dallas back now yeah 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 this was a mistake i'm gonna go ahead and leave <laughs> arrested development fans i made a huge mistake <laughs> which uh, another another tie in there will arnett um i haven't seen it yet but apparently he voices batman in the batman lego movie really yes i don't think i've seen it either and i oh here we go and i'm a car <sighs> guy always have been like I, this is oh this car i i'm a i'm a semi-casual car guy i'm not super into it but i i gotta say the uh uk top gear <laughs> I can I can watch that show for hours. So the other day, you know, Amazon put that on Prime. Yeah. So that they could figure out what episodes people watch so that they could design the grand tour, you know, to fit what episodes people watch, which really sneaky brilliant move on Amazon's part. I can't hate him for it. Yeah. But then they took all of the episodes off. So I may or may not, and I am definitely not admitting to anything here, um, have committed my only act of piracy in over a decade uh, a few days ago to try to find the Top Gear, British Top Gears. 
I, I watched a bunch of them when I was when when they were still on Netflix. Yeah, and, and I, I haven't been interested enough to go hunt them down. It was like, uh, it, well, it was before we had two children, so I had some extra time mm-hmm. in the afternoons every now and then. Yep. Um, but I don't anymore. But um, if I ever happen to, you know. I don't know. I don't know if I ever happen to wind up with large amounts of money. I kind of have this fantasy of maybe getting like a McLaren SLR. Um, oh man. Yeah. But, but I don't think that's ever going to happen. And the other part of me is I have this really practical side of me. That's like, yeah, I've got the money for that, but I'm not going to buy it. <laughs> what is, what's that like? Is that a good feeling? Like, do you enjoy that? Cause I don't have that. I, I just, I don't have it. Well, I don't have that much money either. I'm just well, saying, I mean, I'm saying there's, there's no, no, a no, part I'm of me and I don't have that practical side. Like I, that's, I don't have that practical side at all where I go, Hey, I should definitely not spend the money on this. Oh, mine definitely, uh, mine definitely did not develop until, uh, after I was married. Yeah. Um, but man, I've been married 16 years and it's still, man, it's rough. I, again, I'm saving right now. I want a Kia Stinger. Like that's my, that's my dream car right now that I can afford. Uh, and so I'm saving. But I'm, I, you know, in the past, I would have just gone and bought it, you know, or, or tried to buy it. Yeah. Here's the classic, you know, the like, how did he not know it was the Joker before the masks came off? I, I don't understand. I mean, it's the white face paint, black eyes, but he had no idea until that that mask came off. Yeah, I. Yeah, this is one of those that's I think you just have to suspend the disbelief a little. Mm hmm. Yeah. So. That's what I keep telling people about Fast and Furious movies, but they don't they don't listen. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of Fast, <laughs> speaking of Fast and Furious, uh, I just want to hang out with Dwayne Johnson sometime. So you know he called me hilarious on Twitter, right? I've talked to The Rock on Twitter, and he called me effing hilarious. Like really? I can actually send you. Yeah, I can send you a screenshot of that. Um, I he posted a picture of his skin to skin contact with his his newborn child i saw that i saw that pic yeah yeah and so i tweeted him my story of my skin to skin pic or not the picture but like what wound up happening and i'll try to be brief because i know we're we're closing up here on the movie but um uh, you know we just had isaac he was super tiny he was premature he was under five pounds um he you know they said hey his blood sugar is kind of wonky we may have to take him so Alicia says, hey, you know, you need to hold him. And I'm like, ah, I don't want to break him, whatever. She finally talks me into holding him. Um, and she goes, you should do, you should take your shirt off. Like, I mean, they, they need skin to skin. And I just said, uh, okay. But somebody could, could, could walk in and she says, oh, it's fine. So I take my shirt off and I'm reaching for this child with my boobs out, like trying to take it from my wife. And the nurse breezes in and says, we need the baby. And I looked up and the only thing I could say was, she said it needs my skin. That's the only <laughs> thing that I could think of to say in that moment. And so I told that story in an abbreviated version to The Rock and The Rock tweeted me back and said, he quoted a couple of things and said, you're freaking hilarious. Uh, tell the tell the little man I said, happy birthday. So oh, yeah, that's, that's, awesome. in my, that's in my Twitter bio now. The Rock thinks I'm hilarious. Like that's definitely in my bio. Okay, so that that kind of reminds me of you. You did some professional writing uh, for a while. Yes, of your story, how you basically accidentally landed that job. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, the, do, do the, a quick do a the, quick uh, recap of that. So I'm assuming you're talking about the the face eating thing, yes. right? That's yes. what. Yeah. So um, 
I we're in Florida and we, you know, we're down there. We weren't anywhere near where the face eating thing happened. For those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, just Google bath salts, face eating in Florida. I'm sure Florida being Florida, you're going to have five or six stories to choose from, but you'll get the general idea. Um, So that was really like, that was a thing that had just happened. And we had just left Florida uh, on vacation, but, you know, coming back from vacation. So I wrote a fake news article about a mom who looked at her baby and said, oh, you're so cute. I'm going to eat your face. They were on vacation in Florida and the Florida police arrested her. Uh, because they're taking that seriously now. So by the end of the day, there had been a GoFundMe set up uh, for this mom that was in jail that I had to like disband. Like it was a, it was a big deal. Like uh, like a, a real oh, uh, a real uh, an actual GoFundMe somebody go- had set up yeah. for the mom. Uh, yeah, I want to clarify jail. that a real GoFundMe based yes. on your fake article had been My set up. Article. Yeah. So then the newspaper, the lady from the newspaper, uh, one of the editors said, "Hey." Travis, you, we noticed your fake article. How, how would you like a real job? And I just sort of fell backwards into it, like most things in my life. Uh, but yeah, no, that started a career in the newspaper industry that lasted for four or five years and culminated with me being the editor of the Wagner Tribune, a small town newspaper uh, here in Wagner, <laughs> Oklahoma. So yeah, nuts. Yeah, I, I love that story. It, it's, yeah. it's a good one. Face eating. Who knew? You know. Yeah, it can get you far in life, apparently. <laughs> um, oh, but only fake face eating. Uh, yes, fake. I'm gonna eat your face. You know the mom, and I actually got a mom uh, to pose with her teeth next to her baby's face, and I took a picture and added the you know picture for effect. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That. So okay, real quick. I I heard someone say this. I didn't look it up. I don't have a source on this, but apparently, like. They had one chance to do this scene and it didn't all go off. Um, but the camera was rolling and Heath Ledger just improved this whole little bit of like messing around with the remote control. And then the rest of it <laughs> finally went off. And the director was like, holy cow. Like Nolan was like, oh my goodness, we managed to save it. Yeah, that's amazing. I didn't know that. That's uh, so cool. I hope that is true. I, I would love it if that's true. If anyone can verify that, that would be great. But uh, I, I heard that through a conversation, so I, I, I can't verify that one for you. Um, but we are, We're not using APA sources here. No, no. Um, I don't have a chapter and page number, paragraph mm-hmm. number, all that stuff. I like how the firefighters are, are digging through the rubble that was on fire moments ago like i mean it just they're immediately like in the building the rubble you know looking around yeah yeah uh, you know the timeline's kind of sketchy in this there's there's a couple scenes uh i don't in in the in it i think in the next movie where it goes from like daytime to just pitch black um yes so you know that this is this is actually very well done here we're like, he's reading and he's dropping the pages, but they're all going up. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, just, just insane. And this is where you're like, how, how bad is it going to get? You've already lost Harvey. And of course, and of course you kind of, you know, anyone who's followed comics, of course, expects Harvey Dent, uh, to, to fall from grace. Um, 
but now it's kind of like, well, we we're we're like we're half an hour from the end of the film, and that's actually kind of amazing because you're about half we're about half an hour from the end of the film, or about forty minutes, just under, and um. Two-Face is just introduced as actually being Two-Face. The actual villain. Yeah. Instead of the, yeah. Instead of Harvey Dent, who's the hero, or the, the white knight, as uh, as they call him earlier in the film. Which mm-hmm. is kind of your foreshadowing. And- yeah, no, I and I had actually made some notes on that, and I'm going to go back and look real quick, because I had noticed that, yeah, so like at minute 2055, I wrote just in big text foreshadowing alert. Now I kind of <laughs> wish I'd have been more detailed on that. Uh, so, but I did say that uh, I make my own luck is a sort of a the trademark villain hubris. Like, uh, you know, and this is great. He takes the shot. And yeah, just Ugh. dribbles down the side of his mouth. Yeah, and. And there's, there's no, and again, the timeline here, I'm a bit confused on. Did, I mean, did it burn out his nerve endings? Because there's no way that felt good. Well, no. And he said, you know, they said that he, he's refusing skin grafts and pain medicine. And he said, the doctors say that you're in enormous pain or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. He would have to be sorry. I'm yawning. It's late. Yeah. Uh, but the, uh, yeah, he would have to be in enormous pain. I burn wounds are supposedly like the worst wounds. Yeah. And see, I, I've, I've, I've not been like burned in large areas of my body, but I have had some, some pretty bad burns. Cause we, I grew up heating with a wood stove. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, you remember oh, that. golly. Yeah. I remember that wood stove. Yeah. And, uh, so yeah, I've, I've, I've dealt with some serious fire stuff. You know, I <laughs> drive by that house every morning, yep. every morning <laughs> on my bus route. Really? <laughs> yep, on my bus route. So. Yeah, um yeah, that uh that actually um I one time uh I had a coal one time I was blowing on the fire like trying to get it going. I had a coal pop out of one of the logs and land in my mouth. Oh my goodness. So, um if you could imagine if there was a smoke flavored pop rock. <laughs> uh isn't isn't there a biblical passage about uh, <laughs> placing a flaming something in there, yeah, you know, flaming yeah. coal? Yes. Yeah. yeah, there is. Yeah. yeah, I'm a man of unclean lips, and then the yes. angel takes yeah. the coal yeah. out. And, yeah. There you go. Uh, yeah, so I know what that would feel like, and it's not pleasant, um, because the problem is you can't, it's very hard to spit that out, because no part of your mouth wants to touch it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, so Pop Rocks uh, is how it feels because you have basically all your spit and stuff is like boiling on contact. Yeah. I don't recommend. Uh, yeah, nope. I, I'm going to go ahead and let you have the experience that you had and call it good. I'm going to take your word for it. So yeah, well, that, that's good enough. I, yeah, I mean, it's just don't, don't go out of your way for it. <laughs> Man, that wood, that, that wood burning stove. Golly. Yeah, yeah, we kept it warm in the winter at our house. It was definitely warm, definitely warm. So, um, so here we are now. Okay, so Harvey's on the loose now. I don't remember his impetus for uh, hunting down people. Is he hunting down mob people? Is that what he is hunting down the people that he thinks are responsible for giving Rachel over to? Oh yes, okay. uh, The you know yeah to the Joker. Okay, yeah. 
So yeah, it it again, I I got to watch it one time, uh, recently. So it, I've seen it twice in in ten years and. Yeah, this is going to be my second or third time. Well, my third or fourth time probably watching it in the same amount of time. I, it was a great movie. I just, again, I get, I like I said earlier, I get sucked into just the same thing over and over again. I, I will, because I can't just go to bed. Like, I can't go to my room and lay down on my bed and, and just go to sleep. That doesn't happen. Like, I have to spend an hour watching something dumb or, you know, reading or just something to put me to sleep. No, I get that. I uh, I oftentimes get off work at, you know, 9, 10, sometimes, uh, you know, or if I get home late from anything, I still have to spend 30, 40 minutes. Yep, uh, got to decompress. Sitting up, yep. And uh, I've slept through so many episodes of Star Trek. That's, that's my default. Yeah. Like, that's my, yep. uh, like, I love Star Trek, but that's like, because all of it's on Netflix. Yes. And so... Since the time that I've got Netflix, I've probably watched through every series except for Enterprise like three times. Um, wow. And just because I love it so much. But I, I'll hey, put, well, and you know, you fostered that love in me as well. Now, it's just the next generation. I really don't care for any of the others. But I, I yeah, I distinctly remember learning to love Star Trek at your house. Well, it, it, it's a good series. It, there's a, it is. There's a lot going on with it. And, uh, and it, it's like anything else, any other good fiction, it's a social commentary. There's, it, it asks questions about humanity. And, uh, speaking of, this is actually one of the, uh, this is a, this is a really good scene. And, um, and again, I know that's kind of an obvious statement. I mean, you can say that about most, uh, scenes in this movie, but I love this idea that he puts everything up together, um, he, he he pits the the two crews together. You got a boat full of criminals, and you got a boat full of just regular civilians. Mm-hmm. And so, this is one of those things where it's like, you know, most people, um, I I, I say most people, a lot of people would would have a really easy answer for this if they're not in the situation. Yes. But here you're having to to actually sit and vicariously live through the situation, uh, not only from the side of the uh, the civilians, but also, you know, from the criminals. And so the question is, does everyone deserve to die, or only the people whose society says should should die, or does everyone? And that's a, or does that's everyone a deserve to question. live? Yeah. That's a heck of a question. Oh, I almost touched my joystick on my Xbox controller. That would have been bad. <laughs> the, um, yeah. So, and this is of course where he's got the, uh, the cell phone surveillance. Now, the I did- God's eye that has again become so prevalent in like all <laughs> movies, all movies have something like this, you know, device yeah well it's actually kind of funny because this actually goes against goes against something I, i've said on previous podcasts i don't remember if i said it on commentarians or if ever i said it on faith and other oddities um that or no emily emily said it in a previous episode of commentarians she she because she and i were talking about it off mic but um 
was that a lot of times, because she was talking about like the, the post-apocalyptic fiction that's become really popular lately. And I was talking to her about that. I said, I said you know, here's the problem. Here's, here's kind of my take on this is why, why do we have this? Is that um, we have it, technologically speaking, we have things going on so well in America right now that in order to, to create compelling fiction, in order to, to have it like be something that, that has a complex plot line that can't be solved by a phone call, that you have to like have a reason for, um, for all the technology to be down. So you have to have okay. it be post-apocalyptic because so many issues can be solved with just, with just yep. somebody picking up the phone and saying, oh, hey, I'm over here, come get me. Yeah. And so either you have to get rid of the technology or your people have to be stupid. And so uh, the actual, the prevalence of the cell phone in this one now, of course, this was 2008. This was right after the iPhone came out. Uh, I mean, yeah. I think two years after the iPhone came out that, um, it, that you know, you actually have the cell phones uh, being a, 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 an interesting plot device. And of course, you know, Lucius has his qualms about um, about surveilling people without their consent or mm-hmm. recording people without their knowing, and and I don't know. I I'm pretty sure that you know, either I talk in my sleep or uh, Facebook's listening uh, to my thoughts because there are things that I think that hey that might be nice, and then a few days later it shows up in my in my ads. Oh man. Yeah. No, Facebook or not necessarily Facebook for me. It's Instagram or for, yeah, it used to be for Reddit, but then I started paying the premium for Reddit just because I got tired of the ads. Uh, and so I don't see those anymore, but Instagram, yeah, it's, I, I targeted man, definitely targeted. Yeah. I've been really, um, so, oh, so hold on real quick on this scene here. Um, the fact that, oh no, this is not it. I'm sorry, we're uh, we're not quite at the Cenos thing, but with uh, with like it's kind of funny with with cell phone apps and things. The um, so many of them are getting so ad heavy, it's ridiculous in general. Um, yeah. But one of the things that I found interesting, I was actually reading an article, and most companies would prefer that you don't um pay for like the ad free version because they actually will make more money in the long run off of the ads. Oh, wow. Well, I'm beating the system on one of them then. (laughs) So, um, and I have to stay off of Facebook for the most, I, I, I'm big on Twitter. I'm big on Reddit. Uh, I, you know, I'll look through Instagram every once in a while, but man, Facebook is, it, it gets to me. Sometimes simply because I know the people so well on those social networks on other social networks, I've kind of curated, you know, of course, Reddit is, you know, anonymous for the most part. I know nothing truly is, but, you know, Twitter, I've curated followers that are, you know, Duke basketball fans or, you know, other educators, you know, they're not my family and close friends. I can see that. And that's actually with um with with uh because 
and I'm just now kind of getting into Twitter and and I can definitely see that where it's like everyone on a lot of stuff on Twitter you can follow you can follow trends, you can follow news, you can follow topics mm-hmm. where um with Facebook it's definitely the algorithm set to uh to show you friends and acquaintances you've interacted yep. with. Yep. So that makes sense. And then it goes back to the you talking earlier about a, an echo chamber. You know, you polarize what you see and you just become inundated and it's easy to forget that there there are differing opinions and that those can be a thing as and the people with differing opinions can be good people. <laughs> just because someone disagrees with you doesn't make them a bad person. Exactly. Exactly. And that's something, um, you know, I, I work janitorial maintenance type stuff. And so I have, uh, I have headphones on listening to, to podcast all day. And that's something that could very, very easily just turn into an echo chamber. Mm -hmm. And and one of the things that I'm thankful for is, is being raised like my, my dad gave me a desire to to be a critical thinker. Yeah. Um, and so one of the things I'm very thankful for is the fact that uh, he, he put that desire in me to, to know more. And so I actually get frustrated whenever my playlist gets too, like, homogenous. Yeah. And, and so, you know, I, and I intentionally, I go out of my way to put people in my, in my playlist on my podcast that I disagree with. Because I want to know what they think. And, and most of the time I do like them and, and it helps, it helps to re, kind of, you know, and this is kind of the, the maxim is, is don't, don't blame malevolence for what you can chalk up to, uh, to ignorance. Um, and I'm not saying that in a bad way, but I'm saying sometimes people will say stuff, not understanding another perspective. Yeah. But to the people who don't understand that that person doesn't understand a different perspective, um, they'll tend to chalk that up to, to someone being malicious. Yeah. But really what we need to do is go, you know what? Let's, let's believe the best about people. And, and you know, by and large, you know, granted, yeah. of course, you know, we're watching a movie about people who are just evil because they're evil. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but by and large, um, people believe and think what they think for reasons. And so, yeah, that's, that's one of the things like, you know, we, we can definitely get in that echo chamber. And I, I really, I try my hardest to, uh, to listen to people who differ from me because, because there, there are things that I just don't know. Yeah. And, uh, and so I, I, um, Yeah, I, I, so I put, he had trouble with the dogs before, uh, yeah. but now and so you, the dogs are you know his his weak spot, I guess, has trouble with dogs. Yeah, and what's really funny is he he. Uh... Oh yeah, that was the beginning of this movie. Okay, I was thinking it was the yeah. next movie. Yeah. So, well, big dogs—they're problematic, and, mm-hmm. and you don't want to hurt them because they're just you know they're just doing what they're doing what they're trained to be. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, trained to do. So, and then is this this is Ving Rhames, right? Ving Rhames is his name. This dude is just a an absolute animal, like of a human being. It's it's amazing. 
Let's say this scene, this is the one I was thinking of earlier. Yeah. Very powerful. Yeah. Where, uh, or you, you've got this one guy who thinks he's going to going to make the decision, uh, for everyone and, and kill the people on the other boat. And then you've got, um, then for one, you've got the people on this boat realizing that the boat full of criminals didn't kill them. Mm-hmm. And then the, on the other side, you've got the one guy who's not a criminal thinking he's going to kill everyone on this boat. And then, and they they both take the same. They both get to the same point, the de- the same decision. They just take very different routes. Yeah, to get there. Yeah, and so it it is kind of interesting. Sorry, the way that cut away I, I, for a second I was like, did my internet go out? But then I remembered I'm watching it. <laughs> yeah, watching Blu-ray. Um, because. You know, I'm on AT&T, and it's not always the most reliable, but I'm not going to badmouth a company on my podcast. Uh, <laughs> oh, I would love to badmouth them if you ever want me back on just to do that. <laughs> we can spend two and a half hours. <laughs> yes. Uh, but we won't. Yeah. But we won't. We, you know, and actually a lot of it is they're doing a lot of uh, utility work in my area, particularly on some of the cable and stuff. So that's that's largely what's been going on the last couple months. Um, I'm going to try to choose to believe that. <laughs> there you go. Believe in the best. And so I just I don't know. There's there's the fascinating element again. What's the Joker's motivation? I know we can come back to that a hundred different ways. So what's your takeaway on this? Because well, we are coming up on the end of the movie. I think we are. Yeah, we should yeah, be we're, 20, yeah, we're about, minutes. Yeah, we're like 20 as of right now. We're 20 minutes away. Okay. Um, so that's a. Again, you said something earlier that really makes a lot of sense. It's a, it's easy for me to have an answer to this uh, because I'm not in the situation. But my thought immediately being a parent goes back to the kids on board. Um, but that's not what this is about, right? I mean, this is the, the in order for the plot to continue to advance, we you know we have to realize that it's not worth killing the other the other party just because they they did something wrong, or just because you think they're going to kill you first. Yeah, and then of course you know the Joker has a backup plan. And I think I wrote that the guy who doesn't have plans. Yeah, my man doesn't like plans, but he's reading from a script. That's what he a while ago. The Joker was reading from a script whenever he called, whenever he made the call in on the boats. Yeah. So. Yeah, and I I love the fact here that the Joker thinks he's got the Batman beat. And at the same time, or up until then, he thought he had the, had Batman beat. And he was happy to die. We see that several times where the Joker is just like he, he understands that he's going to die and he's cool with it, which is a level of acceptance that most people never reach. Mm-hmm. Granted, you know, he's reached it because he's mentally unstable. But, uh, you know. As a 
you know, believer in Christ, I feel like my my future is secure. Like, I mean, I, I don't need to fear death. Uh, but at the same time, that's a really it's a tough thing to put into practice. You can say it all day long, but putting it into practice is different. Yeah. Well, and and see, and and that's exactly right. And and for me, it's not so much death; it's just everything that's between here and there that yeah. bothers me. Um, but and there's almost they're, they're almost kind of like a. I would say there's like a Tyler Durden type uh, characteristic to the Joker uh, from like Fight Club, but yeah. even that analogy falls short because you kind of have this idea that Tyler Durden has this uh, uh, naturalistic utopia uh, aspect to what he's looking at. But, uh, you know, not in everything, but you there's kind of an, there's a, there's a undertone of that to what he's doing. Yeah. And kind of a, and there's, there's kind of this idea of a classless society coming back in, and, you know, in his, in his dealings. But, the, with the Joker, I still cannot figure it out. And, and, I, and I think that's what makes this movie so intriguing. Well, and then we have the the new iteration of the Joker to look forward to. Uh, I guess that that's going to be another movie that's coming out here before too long. Well, he was There was uh, Jared Leto uh, in the Suicide Squad, right? Didn't he do? Yes, yeah, so and now I haven't seen that. Is he going to be the new one as well? Uh, I'm not sorry. Oh, you're right. There is, there's going to be like a Joker movie, right? Yes. A dedicated Joker movie because, you know, these Marvel movies have spun off with these individual characters and have, have made quite a bit of money. So DC should get a, get a throw. Yeah. Um, now I'm not sure if he's going to be doing that one or not. Um, now, uh, Jared Leto is one of those guys who he's a good actor. Uh, but I do think he gets a little typecast. I think I think sometimes there was a little while there where it was like these, you know, the casting agents would be like, "We need a junkie. What's what's Jared doing?" Um, yeah, because there was a you know Requiem for a Dream and uh, uh, Lord of War, and you know, he did a fantastic job in those roles. But um, but yeah, he was very much a kind of typecast now, <laughs> so. Oh man, is it going to be Joaquin Phoenix? Because it looks like yeah, Joaquin You're right. Phoenix is going to be the Joker. That might be amazing. I you know, that will be really good if he gets a good script. Yeah. The, the thing that I I've, I've kind of, you know, and this is they're getting better. Hollywood's getting better about this. I feel like there's a dumbing down of of uh of comic book movies specifically. That's for people like me, Nathan, that don't know anything about comic books. <laughs> so I appreciate it on the one hand, but I know that it flies in the face of, and I mean, I get people all the time that say, you know, hey, why do you like this? This is nothing to do with the comic books. And that's where I have the leg up in that, or I mean, the leg down, however you want to look at it, that I don't read the comics. So I'd, I'm going into it with just like, oh man, this is amazing. You know, the action is great. The well, I mean, here the Joker did this and he would never do that in the comics. Yeah, okay, but that doesn't apply to me. <laughs> well, okay, that, that's fair. I'm, but these these movies, these three movies are kind of an exception um, to to what a lot of comic book movies have been. I mean, look look at the, the, the Spider-Man trilogy with, uh, uh, what was his name? Uh, 
I can't watch Spider-Man. I, I couldn't watch any of them. I, I hated Spider-Man as a as a superhero. I just did. I I like several of the Marvel guys, but man, Spider-Man just didn't do it for me. Now, see, uh, Tobey Maguire, that was his name. That, that Spider-Man trilogy was just... The first movie, uh, from the first movie, I was like, they're relying too much on the fact that people are just supposed to know who Spider-Man is. They didn't develop anyone. Yeah. Second movie, same thing. Third movie, even worse. And and so that's the problem that I have with it is that they 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 treat the characters as two dimensional or even one dimensional in most places. But um, but yeah, I I I I think if they get a good if they can get a good script and a good director, then I think Walking Phoenix can can just knock it out of the park. Yeah. Um, well, but, it's in post production. It's supposed to be out this year. I just don't know. I don't know who, let's see, I'm looking for the director. Hmm. Yep. No, I, I don't see one just right off the, right off the top. And then of course, you know, Batman gets shot, which I mean, I, isn't his entire suit bulletproof? Oh uh, yeah. For the most part. I mean, yeah, still hurts a little but Nothing, you know, there's no perfect design. So, uh, this... Martin Scorsese. What? Doing the Joker movie? Wait, so man, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep keep looking here. It looks like they're saying something about Martin Scorsese. Where where are you looking? Uh, IMDb. Okay, well that might be worth checking out then. So we've got this last scene here, and again, you're talking about the 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 feeling of helplessness. Mm-hmm. Gordon's got with the kid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you've got, um, of course, Batman um, intervening. This kind of plays off earlier where uh, where Dent said, I make my own luck. Yeah. Where Batman's just not going to leave it up to chance. And, uh, and then having done all he can do, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, because I mean, even if you're wearing bullet, you know, even if you're wearing like body armor, you're that not... kind of a fall will hurt. Well, I, well, <laughs> saying you know he got shot, he probably didn't yeah. feel like you know he probably wasn't in any condition to climb back up. You know, he was holding onto that railing there, not in condition to pull himself back up on that that floor. So, Todd Phillips is the director. Todd uh, Phillips. I have no I don't idea. Know that guy. I have no yeah. idea what else he's done, but hey, you know, uh, it's someone else's money. I'm not after anything if it flops. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Um, that I'm I'm a late adopter to most films, um, just because I don't have time to go to the theater. Which is I'm with you. Which is which is why this, as far as being part of a movie podcast, this one works for me because it's like, hey, I can be a film critic on occasion. Um, yeah, or at least a commenter. I'm not really a critic. Yeah, um, but I don't have to do it full time. Uh, but yeah, it, this is uh, this is. Uh, is this something that the Batman, the comic book Batman, would do? Take this kind of fall for somebody? I think he would. Um, symbolism here with the turning of the face. Mm-hmm. I I I think he would, but of course I'm not a huge Batman fan. Uh, I'm more of a Marvel guy. 
Um, and, but I, I think that it's one of those things where, of course, you never had a position like this with Harvey Dent in the comics, um, where, you know, you know, where he had to cover this up, you know, cause everyone knew who Harvey Dent was. Um, but that's, uh, that's another, again, that's like, uh, again, me saying, you know, Michael Keaton with Christopher Nolan is the director kind of thing. <laughs> Just sort of the what ifs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And this is, uh, and this is again, it, it's kind of one of those things where I, I think, I think Bruce Wayne, Batman would take the fall, but I also don't think that it would wind up the way that it has uh, by the beginning of next movie. Because basically what you have at the end of this movie is you have Batman takes the fall and then he disappears. We don't know that at the end of this movie. But at the beginning of the second movie, we see that... um, that he's just, he gave up. That's the thing I don't think would happen. And uh, that's the thing that frustrated me was the fact that you have eight years has gone by, but he hasn't done anything. It's not like, there, there was no story, I, I, yeah. I felt. And so. So this part right here, because we have to chase him. Yeah, uh, that the you know obviously in all superhero movies, I feel like we have the the god complex with the superhero in that you know they're almost always infallible. Uh, you know they're they're saviors of the human race. You know it's kind of you know it's our physical uh, manifestation of who we think God is. Uh-huh. And I really so that line because we have to chase him. For me, like I you know I've always been told that. I don't have to chase my God. My God meets me. And uh-huh. I, 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 I thought that was, you know, we, I think we see sometimes humanity tends to put God, you know, superheroes in a place where we have to chase them. And, and I don't have to do that with my savior. I just have always kind of, kind of liked that. So, and I thought that there at the end, I thought, man, uh, you know, I don't have to chase my God. Hmm. I can definitely see that there are there are aspects to that, and I but I think that's also one of those things is a yes and no. I I, I because as far as you know, Christ came to redeem us, and God God's definitely the person who initiates the uh, the processes that that allow us to come to Him, right? Yes. And but I think there is kind of that idea of with Jacob wrestling the angel saying, you know, I'm not letting go of you till you bless me. I think there is an element of that in our relationship with God too. And I think, but I think it has to happen after God's come after God's reached out to meet us. And of course he does that through the cross. So I'm not saying, you know, again, I'm not really like, you know, of course we can, we can debate, uh, you know, (laughs) predestination. Oh yeah. (laughs) Calvinism versus Armenianism and all that (laughs) stuff. Um, but man, then you get really convoluted. <laughs> yes. At the end of a podcast, you know, where we've just watched the dark night for two and a half hours. Yeah. That was good. <laughs> and it's, and it's after midnight. 
<laughs> hey, that's when the best conversations happen. You know, I, yes, I'm yeah. getting geared up. I just, I just uh, opened a, a Lacroix, and I'm ready to, ready to go. Do you, do you, what flavor of Lacroix do you have? The mango. So it's like penny flavored mango water. I just, I never could get on board the Lacroix <laughs> thing. Like I gotta have, like I gotta have uh, the sodium. I need mm. the sodium in there just to take the edge off and the sugar. Uh, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Well, aspartame, you know. <laughs> it, this one, this one's actually like uh, legit Lacroix. Usually, we get the Aldi brand, which we call it yeah. Fauquois. Um, Fauquois. There you are. Because it's it's like the imitation. <laughs> so. Uh huh. I like that. I'm in Aldi a lot with that uh, the Instacart thing. So Dude. I go in there quite a lot. Lo- we we love Aldi. Uh, I a, do too. Not a sponsor. But yeah, 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 <laughs> I do too. So, um, well, here we are coming up on uh, the cast right now. Uh, Christopher Nolan, Heath Ledger. Um, and I gotta say, everyone in this movie did a good job, I think. Like all I the actors. But I definitely think, and this is not just, this is not just because Heath Ledger, uh, died after the movie but i think he actually he just he just totally took over the movie yeah um and i gotta say he did a fantastic job and what else can you say about him yeah well he got so into the role that it yeah i mean it really it, it's obvious to me anyway i you know that it caused him some real life issues and that's how do you give yourself to a role that completely you know without it being a powerful performance i am not an actor at all which is one of the reasons why brad is with me on the on the youtube series like i can't even host something you know by myself it's incredibly awkward uh but this dude threw himself into that role and I, I think that uh, Christian Bale does that too. Uh, what uh, what was the movie he did where he like is it the Machinist? The Machinist where, where he, he basically went anorexic. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 And That's don't, n- yeah. Yeah. Don't forget how well he danced in Newsies. I don't know that I've seen Newsies. Oh, no, is, is that bad? This one of his. So it's one of his first movies. He was. It was it? a musical. Yeah. yeah. It was. Yeah. So yeah, it was. Uh, yeah. That, I'm I am sorry. not. A, not a good film uh, buff, unless you want to discuss, again, the finer details of, you know, the Fast and Furious franchise. <laughs> no, no, I, oh. I, I, but I, I definitely think this was a great conversation and uh, say, I appreciate you coming on the show. Um, just uh, so everyone knows, uh, again, Travis, you got the uh, Waiting for Ulcers on YouTube. Um, yep. which I guess, you know, the easiest way to find that is go on and Google. Is there any place else we can find you? If anyone wants to get in touch with the Twitter or anything like that, or do you want to Twitter? I'm T style 77, uh, T S T Y L E S seven, seven. And that's my Instagram username, Snapchat, uh, you know, and then Facebook, you can find me as Travis slope. There are a couple of them. Uh, my picture I think is I've got the kids as my set as my, my background picture, you know, whatever it is. Uh, so 
yeah, no, they can find me anywhere they want to want to find me. Yeah, and you can be friends with someone who kind of knows The Rock. Yes, absolutely. Who The Rock thinks is hilarious, which to me is obvious that I should start my stand-up career based purely on that. I, I think that legally I can quote him on like billboards or, you know, whatever. Yeah, I, I, I mean, from it's, a legal standpoint. It's public domain. It is. Twitter, yeah. I've got the screenshots. So yes, be sure to go check out Travis over at Waiting for Ulcers. It's a great show. Um, I, I've enjoyed it. And uh, they, again, they do more than challenges. They actually have some really useful information there uh, as far as reviewing hot sauces. And uh, if you're a hot sauce fan, go check it out. And uh, if you're uh, near the Muskogee OK area, maybe you can donate to his cause and... Uh, Maybe he would donate to your hot sauce enjoyment. I like the way that you worded that. So <laughs> that, I think, yeah, we've gotten rid of any need for, you know, fine print there. But donations, definitely. Yes. So um, that being said, everyone out there in uh, Internet land joining us uh, via the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, hit us up on Facebook at Facebook.com slash The Commentarians. Twitter at The Comments Pod. Instagram at Commentarians Pod. RavenCreekSC.com gets you to all of the Raven Creek uh, shows. Uh, and if you really like what you heard, be sure to hit us up on Patreon.com slash The Commentarians, uh, where you can get some bonus uh, material and uh, possibly some uh, recognition in the future. We appreciate everyone for tuning in. Be sure to join us uh, next month, where we'll be back, I believe, uh, with Joe. So thank you so much. Have a great month. Bye. You've been listening to the Commentarians Podcast, a Raven Creek Social Club production. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you like what you heard, please leave us a review on iTunes. If you'd like to support our show, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash thecommentarians. Thank you for listening. And until next time, remember, movies are a reflection of our lives and of other people's lives, and we get to experience them together. Come back to the movies with us. We love sharing them with you.